Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, a podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I'm Mike. And I'm Justin. And this is episode 104, Wario. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Wario, the Mario character from the Mario universe, the evil Mario, I guess you could say. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. You know, the disgusting, gross, vile, terrible human being or character, if you will, that Wario is. But today we have a guest co-host, and his name is Justin. Uh, He is a buddy of mine, so say hello, Justin. Hello. So, uh, Justin, we're going to ask you three quick questions, just basically to introduce you to everybody. And actually, one of the questions, which won't count, is how do you know me? How how, how do you fit into all this? You you want the PG version or the... No, no. So I, I know you through uh, through a couple of friends. Eric, who I think has been, uh, I know he's been on your YouTube channel. I don't know if, uh, yeah, he's, he's never on, been on the on, podcast. Yeah. No, no. Eric and Sean, uh, we used to party together at Sean's yep, house. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Justin and I got to talking, and you know, we were hanging out years and years ago, probably back in like 2006, 2007. And you know, Justin and I kind of hit it off. We're we're big fans of uh, video games and video game music, and so when I thought about somebody that would be a good guest host to kind of temporarily replace Ed, I thought Justin would be a great pick. And he actually offered his services, and Justin can tell you a little bit more about him uh, himself through these three questions that we're gonna be asking him, just to get a little snapshot of who he is, and so that way you kind of have an idea of who we're working with today. So the first question to Justin is, what is your first video game soundtrack that you fell in love with? First soundtrack that I fell in love with would probably be it would have to be the first uh, soundtrack that I actually bought uh, when I was in high school. The yeah, the soundtrack to Final Fantasy VIII, um, particularly Ooh. because they, like I, I play a number of instruments, and the the main one that I played at the time was piano, and there were a number of piano pieces in that game. Uh, so mm-hmm. I ended up buying both the piano score yes. uh, to, to to play with, and the uh, the actual soundtrack, which was I think was like four discs. Wow, way cool. What is your favorite type of music or types? Type yeah, types would probably be rock, cl- classic rock. Um, I grew up on a lot of classic rock. I'm big into Queen sticks and all that cool and orchestral I, I own a lot of like orchestral versions of video game music because it it's I, I love the beeps and bloops of, of the video game music but when when a when a live orchestra brings it to life mm-hmm. um, it's it's something else gives it a different meaning gives it a different feeling absolutely yeah, definitely and how long have you been playing video games I my whole recall. life yeah no I mean that, that's that's pretty much the the truth I can't remember how old I was when I first played a video game I do know that I was very young uh, it was before my brother was born so it was before I was seven, um, and my father owned an Intellivision. Oh wow! So okay. I, I learned on probably one of the most complicated controllers in the world with the uh, the dial thing and the nine or eight, eight, 11 buttons or whatever. It okay. Was. Yep. Good. Good system though. Yeah. So <laughs> some of you may may slightly recognize Justin's voice. He was actually one of the people in the commercial that we did for the Final Fantasy episode mm. that we did for Pixel Tunes. Uh, it was him and his now wife Ariel who uh, helped us with voicing characters. We had Todd on that episode as well. There was just so many characters that uh, we wanted to kind of showcase, and so Justin and Ariel helped us out with that. So his voice may sound a little bit familiar to some of you. We're going to go ahead and jump into Pixel Chat questions real quick. So our first question to us comes from Chris Murray, and he asks, Favorite Wario role including cameos? Also, who does a better impression between you guys? 
So, Justin, you're our guest of honor. Go first. I would say my favorite Wario role is the the various tennis games that he's been in. I think there's nine of them, mm-hmm. or six official ones, and I forget, I forget how they break them out, but uh, for, for as terrible a character as he is, I love his unsportsmanlike conduct mm-hmm. in, uh, in those games. I mean, yep. he, he's unsportsmanlike in everything. Uh, I've never played any of the Strikers games, mm-hmm. but it's he's he's such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always funny playing any of those games, especially like Mario Golf or Mario mm. Tennis. He's just so rotten I guess you could say <laughs> first exposure to Wario what was your what was your first game that you ever played with Wario in it I don't know it was either one of the WarioWare games or mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers was he in Brawl uh, he was in Brawl he was not in Melee he was a palette swap in Melee Okay. Then, yeah. then, then, yeah. It would, it would have either been Brawl or one of the Warrior Wears that um one of my friends had, and, okay. and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I think I played uh, the very first game that he was ever in, which was Super Mario Land Two, mm. Six Golden Coins. He was the antagonist in that game, and I think I got to Wario, and I was kind of like, "Huh, okay." But uh, we'll we'll get into first exposures and we'll we'll get into a little bit more of that as we go on with the podcast because I have a funny story to tell about about Wario and and everything as far as at least my personal experience. So I don't want to give too much away. Who does a better impression between you guys? I don't know. Well, I I, I mean I I think I I, I love doing voices and like character voices and stuff like that. So, but I, I will say that Wario's voice is very hard to do in long bursts. Yeah, you'll be hearing a commercial with uh, a little bit later with me as Wario, and it was very hard to to keep that. You know, wahaha, have a rotten day. You know, like it, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult voice to do. Sustained, yeah, right. Uh, like it, it's it's not not too hard to do initially, but it I think due to the gruffness and, and trying trying to keep that at a prolonged time, yeah, um, makes it a little bit hard. Yeah, it's a little tinny too. Like in the you know he goes like <laughs> like he has this like it, it's 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 a weird like up and down kind of sound to his voice. But uh, you know we can attest to the wonderful Charles Martinet. His uh. Uh, voice acting is incredible. <laughs> So, Matt Crawford asks, if you could add Wario to any game, keeping all his characteristics, no matter what the context, which game would it be? Justin? Um, I thought about this one for a little while, actually, because, you know, oh, would I add him to, like, just to be silly, add him to, like, one of the Final Fantasy games where, like, he doesn't make any sense, and I feel like most games, it turns out to be like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But as I was going over some of the, the odd games that I've played, I thought of Boogerman on the uh, yes. Genesis. And uh, I feel like he's right at home there. Like, he's he's gross. He fits right in. Yeah. He could be Boogerman. He could. That's true. Um, you know, I would say Earthworm Jim. Kind Ooh. of sticking with that same vibe. I'm kind of playing it safe here. <laughs> but I really feel like if I was to put Wario in another game, I feel like he would fit right at home with Earthworm Jim. He has that, you know, sarcastic, snarky persona uh, that that would kind of mirror Earthworm Jim's kind of like <laughs> gullible goofiness. So I, I think it would work well. I can see that. Both yeah. Genesis games too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. What's the next question that we have for Pixel Chat? Uh, so Keyglyph, aka Emily, asks, "Who's the Wario and who's the Waluigi in this Pixel Tune situation? Use any criteria in making your case." <laughs> I will say for our normal host Ed. He is definitely, I, I would say he's the Waluigi. 
I can see that. You know, I, I just, <laughs> I, I feel like he's more like that. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like Wario's the more childish of the two, whereas like Waluigi is more like the you know stricter kind of like more adult-ish Wario, I guess you could say. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's taller. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I, I I think that's a big part of it. It's I, the, you, the lankiness and the tallness. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. So, but as far as us, I don't know. I, <laughs> I would I would probably say I would probably say I'm still the Wario. Uh, <laughs> I I'd probably agree. I, I I don't know. I don't know that I could really pin Wario or Waluigi on 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 one of us. I, I feel like I, I feel like we both sort of fit into more of a Wario thing. But it depends on again, like use any criteria. Sure. I mean, the criteria that I immediately think of is is physique, and you and I have very similar physique. Not that we're like. Short and fat like Wario, right, we're right. about the same height. Right, so true, true. It's like true. like Waluigi is way, way taller, right, and super lanky. Super lanky, yeah. Um, that's the first thing I think of. I, I think uh, our previous uh, co-host from last episode, the uh, John Baker episode, Brian, Brian oh, would make a great Waluigi. One hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what I would say for that. And uh, how about our last question today? Alex Messenger asks, "What's your opinion on the fan theory that Wario and Waluigi are not brothers but actually lovers?" You know, I the, uh, the internet is a fantastic, weird place. It's it's been confirmed that Wario and Waluigi are just friends. They're they're just friends who like hanging out together. They're not brothers. They're not lovers. They're not cousins. I always thought they were cousins. I can see that, and that would kind of make sense to I, me. I think the official the, the official phrasing is they're two weirdos who like to hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, uh, I'm 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 in that I'm in that same boat with, uh, with, with you. I mean, every everybody has their own uh, what's called head cannon and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you are you are absolutely welcome to that. I do not think of Wario and Waluigi in any type of a sexual way, mm-hmm. so I I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't really go there. Um, they also are beyond odd couple status as far as I'm yeah, concerned. So yeah. I really um, I I personally cannot entertain that that sort of <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. But I mean, if that if that's something that you believe, uh, I, by all means, I will not squash that. Um, <laughs> But that, that is not my personal belief. I'm, I'm all for celebrating uh, fan service, but I think that fan service is just a little out there for me personally. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Wario today. Just a, just a little bit. Uh, Wario was created by Hiroji Kiyotake in 1992, and his name is a portmanteau of the word bad in Japan, which is Waruai. And Mario, so Wario. He was chosen as the leader for the WarioWare series because he often, quote unquote, acted silly. <laughs> and uh, official lore suggests that Wario was a childhood friend of Mario and Luigi, and he was jealous of how successful they became. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later in the in the mm-hmm. episode. Wario has a very similar pairing to Mario and. Luigi, similar to like Mario is Wario, Luigi is Waluigi. Uh, these two are not brothers like the Mario brothers, and are instead considered, as we said, two weirdos who like to hang out together. So, they they definitely. I don't know. Let me ask you this: What what do you think would be the female equivalent of of like the princess situation that Mario and Luigi have? Because like Mario has like like a wa peach, yeah, like a wa peach or a wa <laughs> daisy, yeah. Because Mario has you know his buddy, female buddy female lover in the night, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is Princess Peach or Princess Toadstool, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call her. And then uh, I always paired Luigi with Daisy. Yeah. Same. You know what I mean? So 
there's no wah equivalent of... I, I would have thought that they would come up with something by now. Now that you mention it, I'm, I'm actually really surprised at this point that they haven't. Yeah. Like, um, when, when they introduced uh, Waluigi, that was... Was that in one of the Mario Karts or was that in one of the tennis games? It was definitely a sports game that they introduced him in. Yeah, it was definitely one of the sports games. But like that was... I want to say that was the early 2000s, yeah. and it's it's been a while now, and uh, I'm just I'm just very surprised that there isn't like a Wapich or Wapich or Wazy Wazy a Wazy or a Wazy. It I mean it makes a lot of sense, and f- considering the the games that they've given them, I mean yesterday and earlier today we were playing some of the Warrior Land games and on uh, Warrior World, and it's interesting that he doesn't have his own like. Love interest, and maybe that's where this um, Wario and Waluigi uh, are lovers uh, headcanon thing. Yeah, from. possibly. But there's it, also Captain Syrup, who we'll get into a mm-hmm. little later. But all really good points. So let's jump into our first track. This is Super Mario Land 2: Six Golden Coins for the Game Boy in 1992, and this is Wario Castle, and it's by Kazumi Tataka. Welcome back. That was Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins on the Game Boy, the 1992 release. That was Wario's Castle, or Wario Castle, by Kazumi Totaka. Most of you have probably remember us discussing him on previous episodes. Kazumi Totaka, very infamous for Totaka's song. Have you ever heard of Totaka's song? No. No? Totaka's song is a 19-note tune Hmm. hidden in almost every game that he's ever written music for. It's this little ditty. You've probably heard it in, like, Mario Paint. Yeah. Uh, it was in Mario Paint. It was in a bunch of the Animal Forest games, Animal Crossing, or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Luigi's Mansion. Let me see if I can remember. It goes like... Or something like that. So that's that's Totaka's song. You've probably heard it. Pretty famous. It does sound familiar. Yeah. Um, I, I have played many of those games that you mentioned yeah. uh, in some form or another. So um, I'm sure you've heard it at one point or another. Mm. So Kazumi Tataka started off in 1992 with the game X, which was that Star Fox uh, predecessor mm. that uh, Argonaut Games, I believe, was working on. His follow-up game was Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, as well as Mario Paint. He worked on that. Uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Mario Tennis, Super Smash Brothers. In 1999, he was a voice actor on 
Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. He did character voices. He does a lot of voices, actually, believe it or not, for games. Mario Hoops 3 on 3. His latest game that he's come out with was Mario Kart 8 Deluxe this latest year. So he is by far like a true, tried and true Nintendo guy when it comes to music. Yeah, wow. Busy. <laughs> yeah, he's a busy guy. So, Mario Land 2, have you, uh, have you, did you have this one growing up, or? So, interestingly, uh, Mario, Mario Land 2 I've played, but it was not, like, I, I mentioned I think my first Mario, uh, Wario-related game was, uh, when the WarioWares. Right. I played Mario Land 2 later, um, mm-hmm. although I'd never, I'd never beaten it, I never actually got to Wario. Mm-hmm. But it was... It was an interesting game. I mean, I, I was a fan of the original Mario Land on on the Game Boy, um, mostly because it bucked a lot of my expectations. Like, I came from Mario World one and two and, and all that. I mean, even two is weird, but yeah. Um, I mean, I you know I pick up a Game Boy and I play this game, and all of a sudden the turtles are exploding, and I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So the uh, Mario Land two was 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 definitely uh, a different take on on a Mario adventure that uh, that, that I thought was really cool. I just I, I wish I had actually gotten all the way through it. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's a long longer game than you would think for a Mario adventure, but it it has more in common, I would say, with like Mario Three or Mario World mm. than Mario Land. Mario Land is just I don't know. It's a very weird, obscure game that that is not really tied to any other Mario's. It's more in common with like the very first Mario, I would say, for like the Super Mario Brothers. Oh yes, that's probably the closest that it gets. It's a strange one, definitely, but Mario Land 2 kind of picks up in a different place and it feels more like a proper Mario sequel. Even Mario Sprite uh, did a significant change visually yeah. compared to the the first Mario Land game. And a lot of the mechanics, too, um, yeah. ch- changed over. Like like I said, the, the, the turtles exploding in the, in the first one threw me for a loop, and then mm-hmm. in, in this one, you know, you can actually jump on the turtles and right. they'll, they'll go. Yep, so. or like crush the Goombas yep. or the enemies, right. Exactly. So what do you think of this track? The track is really cool. Yeah. Um, I there, there there's a lot sort of a lot going on there, particularly sort of in the middle when when the drums kick in and the uh, the tone sort of changes. Mm-hmm. It sort of drives the entire track forward. Um, I would say the two things that I, that I that I like most about that track are the little drum solo. Uh, oh to, yeah. Towards the end. Yeah, uh, like the fills, right? Yeah, the, like, dr- the drum fills. Yeah. This is one part I might have to go back and re-listen to it, but it's very reminiscent to um, the track uh, "Velt" from Final Fantasy VI. Okay, um, where it kind of goes do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Of, I mean, when I hear that, it brings me back to to that game, right? Um, which, which I have a lot of love for. Mm-hmm. There's a very like strong driving <clears throat> bass tone to this track, the do 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 yes. do 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 do, and then when like those. Like evil tones kind of come in. It's the only word I have for it is evil tones, it, which you're probably gonna hear quite a bit of in this episode. The the part that's like da 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 da. It's like almost like spyish. Yep. And you you do get a lot of vibes from other Wario games for that, like this evil kind of sinister tone to it, but also very kind of playful, very like undercover secret agent kind of stuff. It's very weird, very very different from what we've experienced with other Mario. Songs, especially if you compare it with the rest of the soundtrack, which all fits to a single motif. 
with that do 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 yes. do do do. A, lo- a, lo- a lot of the Mario two uh, Mario Land two soundtrack is it sounds very much like Mario, and that mm-hmm. that song in particular, it's it's somewhat reminiscent of like a Bowser's Castle. Yeah, but it's it's different enough that it's noticeable. And one and one of the things like what you're picking up on, um, like the the what you call like the evil mm-hmm. sounds, um, it's sort of a really really good use of a of a minor key. Right. Um, and that that's used in a lot of like a lot of music to get that same sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, like it. It makes people uncomfortable, particularly if, if you do like you take a you take a normal song right. that's in a major key, you put sure. it in minor key, and uh, people were doing this with Christmas songs last year, and I yeah. it just it sounded really eerie. <laughs> but that 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 is really the like the best way to sort of take take something and, and make you know that so something's wrong. Something something's is bad. happening. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, the, one one thing that, that I will sort of point out is there's there, there's a melody in that's in a lot of the other uh, maybe not a lot, but a good number of the other songs that we're gonna play that's sort of like the Wario song or the Wario melody that I've noticed mm-hmm. um, that's not in there uh, or at least I did not notice it but it, it, it was just an interesting thing that I'm surprised that they didn't pull pull on right yeah I think that overall you're gonna be pretty surprised by a lot of these tracks they're kind of all over the place but <laughs> weird is definitely a word that we're gonna be repeating quite a bit I mm-hmm. think so the whole point of Mario Land 2 is Mario is uh, essentially trying to get these six golden coins. Mario was away in a place called Sarasara Land, or Sarasa Land? I always called it Sarasara Land when I was growing up. I, it's like, it's it's actually Sarasa Land. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I always, as a kid, called it Sarasara Land. <laughs> <laughs> so his old buddy, or he used to be a buddy, Wario, uh, puts a spell over Mario's castle, and at that point, the whole land kind of gets uh, turned into these zombies, you know, mentally speaking, where they believe that Wario is like their lord and master, and that Mario is the bad guy, actually. So, um, Wario wants to do this because he has a desire to have his own palace. So Mario has to go through these uh, different worlds uh, and get these six different golden coins so that way he can regain entry to his own castle. So Wario essentially takes over Mario's castle. Castle, yeah. Right. Mario goes, he defeats Wario. Wario leaves, he takes off, and uh, he breaks the spell, and therefore Mario's uh, castle kind of changes back to its uh, original status of being, you know, under control of Mario. So, interesting. Yeah. Very weird, but we're we're just getting started with the weirdness. So, <laughs> our next game is Wario Land Super Mario Land 3, and that's the 1992 follow-up to Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins. This one also came out in 1992 for the Game Boy, and the track is called Ending. Thank you. 
Alright, welcome back. That was Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land. Or Wario Land. Super Mario Land 3. Yes, I realized I screwed it up. <laughs> 1992 is the year of release on the Game Boy. That was the ending track. And that was by Kozue Ishikawa and Ryoji Yoshitomi. So, what do you think of this one? You, you were saying during the break a lot more. There was a lot more to it. Yeah. So, I mean, when 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 you listen to the to the music from Super Mario Land Two and then Super Mario Land Three, I mean, I, in almost any game series like that, especially on the same system, there there's like a progression because they realize they can do more with it. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely hear it in, in that one because um, Super Mario Land Two, uh, there's there's less sort of like instruments, I guess, going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And and th uh, in this one, it feels like there are more. Um, even if there aren't, they, they they've been able to sort of make it so that it feels like there's more going on. It's also a lot more whimsical. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I'm not sure if it is, if that, that would end up being the most whimsical song on this playlist, <laughs> but um, it, it felt way more whimsical. It, it actually kind of didn't really feel to me like a, like a Wario song. This felt more like a Mario song. Almost. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. S somewhere in between, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, the... The cadence of the notes, and also I would say the instrumentation that they chose to use, is very reminiscent of like the Mario Land games. Yes. Uh, the 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 very first Mario Land game, or even like the Mario Land two tracks that aren't involving Wario. Yeah. So I, I would say they're more in line with with the with that sound to it. It's a lot more bouncier, a little bit yeah. happier sounding, and that's what I would say. But I, I I dig the track. I think it's a it's a standard ending track to a Nintendo game. Like, you could hear this yeah. song and be and immediately recognize, this is from a Nintendo game, isn't it? And the other person's Absolutely, like, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wario Land is uh, the first game in the Wario Land series, Wario Land Super Mario Land 3. And it came out in 19... Actually, it came out in 1994. Uh, so that was a... Instant clarification corner right there. It's not 1992. Uh, so the game came out only on the Game Boy. This was not really a late release for the Game Boy. It's kind of like a middle of the road, I guess you could say. The Game Boy came out in like 89. So this was kind of, I mean, the Game Boy lasted forever. So it, it definitely took a while for the Game Boy to kind of evolve. And we'll talk a little bit about that the next uh, with the next track. But this game is about... Wario essentially gets his own castle, uh, one that's even way bigger and way better than Mario's castle. Of course, he has to. Oh, yeah. And uh, in order to do that, he goes to a place called Kitchen Island, where he meets the Brown Sugar Pirates. Mm -hmm. And they've hidden uh, m like tons of treasure and, and coins and, and all sorts of stuff that they can get, including a golden statue of Princess Toadstool, uh, mm -hmm. which they stole from the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, so Wario uh, wants to steal this statue and then sell it back to Mario uh, for the price of a castle. So he wants to basically build another castle right. or use that money. And he's so greedy. I mean, that's just how Wario is. He's a very greedy character. Um, sort of what makes him interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is also uh, the first Wario-related game where you play as Wario, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, this is the first one. So after you kind of explore that island, um, you infiltrate the, the castle, uh, Syrup Castle, and Wario confronts the leader, who is actually a female villain for a change in a, in a Mario s series game. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's a captain, her name is Captain Syrup, and she's a female pirate, if you will. So she 
summons a genie to take take out Wario, but he defeats the genie, and then at that point in time, Syrup destroys the castle, and she leaves. She pieces out. <laughs> so that's pretty much it, and that's when you find out about the the giant princess toadstool statue. statue. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's pretty much the game. This this game it plays like Mario Land two, except you're Wario. Right. That's pretty much what it is. Which I mean that that's one it's of the not other a things. bad thing. Yeah, no, not at all. I played this uh, with you yesterday actually, yep. and it was it was very interesting to to play because most of the Wario games, uh, if not all of them, uh, subtracting this, mm-hmm. are puzzle games. And this is yeah, a, this is in a, a way. platformer, which which is just in line like they, they it, it's obviously they came off of you know the Mario track uh, with the the action platforming mm-hmm. uh, or adventure platforming and uh, and and we're literally con- t- continuing along that same vein and I thought it worked pretty well yeah um, the like the power like just like with Mario you have if you get hit, if you get hit you you shrink uh, mm-hmm. assuming you have a power and he looks so ridiculous yeah. too like when he gets hit he's got he a has like a mohawk <laughs> yeah he's got like his head shrinks and he's so little tiny and cute yeah so uh, you get all these different like Helmet, helmet yeah. power-ups. So you can get like a dragon that shoots like fire. You can get like the a bullhorns. yeah, the bullhorns, which do like more damage when you jump and, and burst. You know, boxes open. You do get coins in this in this game, but uh, coins are different in Wario games than they are in Mario games. In in Mario games, you use them to get like extra lives and. Uh, you know, just to rack up score and stuff like that. Whereas yeah, in, he has in, hearts, I think, for lives. Yeah, right? he has hearts for lives, uh, and and the coins are used instead to buy. Uh, like you can use them uh, as currency. Um, you can do like different uh, mini games at the end where you can get like you like pull the lever and like. You oh get, yes. Yeah, you like pull the lever <clears throat> and then you can get like either a treasure sack falls on your head or like a uh, you know uh, like a, a, t- a weight like a weight falls on your head right so. But yeah, the, uh, oh, the, the other thing the coins did in this game is they, they changed the ending based based on what you have as far as coins yep. uh, coins go. Yeah. Um, Wario ends up with a different sized house. Like if, if you <laughs> if you don't get a whole lot of coins, uh, I think he ends up with like a birdhouse. <laughs> if you get all the coins in the game, you uh, you own the planet. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Wario Land Super Mario Land Three. It's it's a pretty neat game. I recommend picking it up. Most of these games in the more in the Wario series, which it's kind of nice, they're all fairly inexpensive. Most of them you can get for under twenty bucks, if not less. Probably under fifteen, I'd say, at the yeah. absolute least. So, definitely recommend picking up all these games that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, regarding the composers, Kozue Ishikawa worked on a couple games. Uh, Wario Land, Super Mario Land Three was his first. Uh, then worked on Earthbound as sound staff in '94. Wario Land Two. Uh, he did sound design on Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. He did sound composition. Mario Land 3 in 2000. He did sound design. Mario Tennis in 2000. And then I Want to Be the Boshi. He's credited for Wario Land's music. So What is I Want to Be the Boshi? <laughs> I Want to Be the Boshi is uh, inspired by I Want to Be the Guy. It's kind of like a, a platform game, but it's like trap-based. Oh, kind of like okay. a insane Mega Man, basically. Got it. Ryoji Yoshitomi is the other composer, uh, oh. so Metroid 2 Return of Samus, they were sound programmer on in 1991, uh, they did sound staff work on Mario Paint, 
Mario Clash, Wario Land 4 did the music on that, WarioWare, pretty much all the, you know, a good chunk of like WarioWare games, Mario Tennis, Star Fox Zero, Star Fox Guard, they were sound support. The final game was ARMS in 2017, they were also credited as sound support on the mm. Switch game, ARMS, so. Oh, yes, yes, the other, uh, the, the, like the one where you got them. wacky arms yeah. and you're throwing them. Wacky, yes. Yes. Um, also, <laughs> uh, did sound support for a couple of the Star Fox games that came out. Yep. 2016. Yes, yes. So, you know, Wario Land is not done. We're going to take a bit of a break from Wario Land. We're going to move into our next game. What do we, what do we got next? Uh, so next up, we're going to hear Round Clear from Wario's Woods, uh, which was a Nintendo or an NES game from uh, 1994. The composers on this are Shinobu Amayake and Soyo Oka. Alright, let's hit it. Welcome back. That was Round Clear from Wario's Woods uh, on the NES in 1994, composed by Shinobu Amiyake and Soyo Oka. What are your thoughts on this, Mike? I really love this one. It's super bouncy, super mm. happy, and I love the... I, I love how much it changes in such a short loop as well. I mean, you've got this kind of almost like music box kind of sound to it in the beginning like it's so like soft <laughs> and cheery and happy and then it kind of rolls into this like more serious it sounds like it's really going to pick up it's got this like like almost like a a bouncy kind of baseline that's yeah. going on and the music has this like these very like melodic kind of synths that come in the da na na they kind of yeah. like breathe like a, uh, a like a weight to it that wasn't present throughout the entire track but then it, I, I want it to I want it to spread its wings and soar <laughs> and it never does and that always bums me out so then it hits the loop yep. and I'm just like ah oh. Yeah, I mean, but then I'm like, I know. I love this one. What do you think? It about is. It? It, it is. It, it's really cute. I, I get. I get what you're saying about wanting it to sort of like spread its wings. Yeah. Um, although it was obviously intended to be a short loop, but uh, I mean, they called it round clear, which means they, they don't really even expect you to listen to it much. They're like, I'm, they're gonna smash the button to get to the next level. Right. Yeah. But it's yeah. It's. Uh, I, th I think I, I think I use this word describing the last song too. But it's uh, it, it's kind of whimsical. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the game itself is whimsical. I mean, you're playing as like. Toad trying to prevent Wario from taking over the woods. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's got like the like the 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 undertones that you're talking about that that cute little bass line that that keeps it going. Um, and then just as just as you think it's about to like take off, it just it loops. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's got a nice cadence to it. It's, it's really bouncy, really fun. Uh, interesting tidbit about this game. It was the final NES release mm. that came out, like official release, that came out on the NES. So this game released in North America in December of 1994 and in Europe in 1995. I mean, by that point, the Super NES was already full on in its you oh, know yeah. life cycle. So um, well, didn't was wasn't this a uh, dual release? Did this go on uh, SNES and NES? It was yes, it was on Super NES as well. The design was a little different, but uh, it was for the most part the same game. I will say the graphics on the NES version are a lot muddier. There, there's, there's just, I don't know. Than the I, SNES version? Yeah, the, yeah. the SNES version is a lot cleaner looking. The, the the sprites are more colorful. This one, I don't know, it looks like visually like somebody else developed it. It was developed by Nintendo R&D 1, which they've, you know, worked on tons of Nintendo games before, tons of Mario games and all sorts of different stuff. But like, I don't know what it is, but like, for some odd reason, this game just visually doesn't look like your standard typical like Mario game. It almost looks like a third party handled it, which they didn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, that, that that's fair, especially with um, especially with some of the sprites that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the very first thing that I noticed about the game when we booted it up, booted it up was that it looked on the NES in particular. It looks really clean for for an NES game. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah, the title I, screen is really yeah, clean. I, I was I was actually kind of surprised by that. Um, and then you know when, once you said it was the last game to be released on the NES, that made a lot more sense because they've had literally all this time to to perfect the way things look. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some of the sprites. Uh, I mean, there there are some things that look like uh, Kirby in in different colors. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's all over the place, but it it doesn't. It, it you're right. It does not look exactly like a um, like a traditional. Nintendo developed game, and I think that's partly because of what it is. I mean, it, it's not not that they've only ever really done Mario games. Obviously, they did Doctor Mario, which mm-hmm. is very similar in many ways to this. Um, it's a sort of like Tetris-ish puzzle game um, where things are falling from the top, and you're trying to clear lines of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the the sprites look a little non and Nintendo-y. Yeah, no, I agree. The name Wario's Woods, I've read somewhere that it's a real place. Like, there's a real place somewhere in the world called Wario's Woods. Really? Yeah, I, I, I... Oh man, I tried so hard to try to find some information on this. Maybe somebody uh, who's listening knows what I'm talking about. Supposedly there was a place, a real place called Mario's Woods, or Mario, not Mario Woods, Wario, Wario Woods. And I, I tried and tried to find some information on it, but I was unable to find it. But I definitely remember a couple years back reading an article somewhere that was talking about it. And maybe it was like one of those like fake articles, like, you know, The Onion or something like that. But I swear for real, like legit, I read it and was like, so that's where they got the inspiration for for Wario's Woods. I don't know. If you if you know what Mike's talking about, post about it in the, uh, in the Facebook yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> Please, please, please uh, help me restore my sanity. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Wario's Woods is a puzzle game. You play as Toad, as Justin was saying, and you're essentially uh, taking these little, like, monster-type 
woodland creature characters and kind of stacking them and you know they can go diagonal they can go uh, side to the side to side or top to bottom they they need to there needs to be three of them essentially in order for you to uh, blow them up with bombs which sounds <laughs> a lot more terrible than it than it is it's actually very kid friendly and uh, what's weird is that Birdo is in this game as well. She, she, he, she, he? I, I believe Birdo identifies as female. Okay, okay. So Birdo, she is up in the top right corner just kind of silently judging you. And uh, then all of a sudden, randomly, you'll have Wario pop up and be like, Wah! and he'll, uh, he'll, he'll start making the screen lower and then you've got to you know kind of get you know go about it a little bit quicker the mechanics are a little difficult it, it takes some getting used to initially when you're playing through the game but uh we had a lot of fun playing through it yeah it was pretty neat yeah pretty um, cool apparently um i'm just taking a look at some things birdo is is on your side Bird, birdo is is uh encouraging toad um and that that encouragement is in the form of bombs to help you destroy the monsters i, I do not see that <laughs> birdo is silently judging just, us yes yeah, i mean it, if, if you look at any any screen cap from it yeah you you're absolutely right it yeah it's like birdo's like she's got you know one hand on her on, on her on her cheek she's just like when are you gonna be done right right, right. Do you think that like Wario and and or uh, do you think that like Toad and and Birdo date or something like when are you gonna be done with this game like I thought you were gonna take me shopping <laughs> come Toad. home I want to watch Netflix and then possibly chill and then possibly chill maybe possibly if you play your cards right Mr Toad <laughs> so yeah that's that's what Wario Woods is all about that's that's it I'm gonna go take a cold shower. Uh, Shinobu Amayake did the soundtrack for this as well as Soyo Oka. Both of them were credited to this one. There is apparently a different soundtrack or a different conversion of the soundtrack for the Super NES version, which I I haven't heard that version of it. Uh, I really wanted to play a track from this NES version just because it is the last NES game. And, you know, I felt the Super NES, I was like, meh. You know, but uh, both of these composers are female. Uh, Soyo Oka, uh, she did work on Famicom Grand Prix 2 3D Hot Rally in 1988, uh, moved on to Pilot Wings for Nintendo in 1990, Mario Kart in 92, and Mario All Stars in 93. She did the arrangement of the original Koji Kondo soundtracks. Uh, and then Wario's Good Woods. arrangements. Yeah, definitely. Wario's Woods in 94, and then again, I Want to Be the Boshi in 2010. Sensing a theme there. Yeah. Uh, and then Shinobu Amayake. Amayake. And then Shinobu Amayake, she's a composer who also joined Nintendo in 1990. She doesn't have as many credits to her name. Pretty much in 91, she started with NES Open Tournament Golf in 1991. Uh, however, only the Japanese, Japanese version. version. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. Wario's Woods in 94, Stunt Race FX in 94, and then Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia in 2008. That's a gap? Uh, yeah, wow. pretty big gap. And then poof, she turned into a Kunoichi and disappeared into the abyss. <laughs> so that is her story. So let's move on from one puzzle game to another. Our next game is Wario Blast featuring Bomberman, the 1994 release on the Game Boy. This was World 3 and it's by Yasuhiko Fukuda.
That was uh, World 3 from Wario Blast featuring Bomberman, the 1994 Game Boy game um, composed by Yasuhiko Fukuda. What do you think of this one? Definitely sounds like a Bomberman song. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but it's the just like the sort of the, the driving fast pace of it. Yep. Um, like right, right off right off the bat, I I, I would say that th- it sounds like it came out of a Bomberman game. Short loops, yep. very repetitive, but also has that whimsical Nintendo feel to it. Yep. It also had that kind of bouncy, I want to say like ragtimey kind of sound. Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I picked up on. Not much to say about the track itself other than that. It's It's got a good groove to it. It's got a nice bounce. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good for, for those kind of games, like the Bomberman games. Yeah. I find that the music behind them is often one that want, that makes me want to keep playing, mm-hmm. which is generally the point of a lot of the music in, in, in the older games. Like, they want you to keep playing so they make right. the music like that yeah very repetitive um, very catchy I, I feel like you could probably put the lyrics to this is the song that never ends in the background you know that's probably true I probably mean, considering the way that it loops right uh, it definitely works yeah yeah um <laughs> So I'm curious, actually, how they, uh, they they combined Bomberman and Wario. Because Bomberman was Hudson Soft, right? Right. So Bomberman, this was developed by Hudson Soft. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so this is essentially a Bomberman game with co-starring Wario, I guess you could say. Uh, the way that the plot goes is Wario wakes up in, he stumbles into Bomberman's location. He tries to break in and steal whatever he can find, essentially, <laughs> of course, because it's Wario. Yep. The only person who kind of stands in his way of, of doing that, is completing that task, is Bomberman. Bomberman yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the whole point of the game is it's pretty much a Bomberman game. You're going through, trying to blow up enemies. It's it's stage-based, so uh, it is an overhead perspective, just like pretty much every other Bomberman game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can blow up uh, the different rocks and uh, different like parts of the level, to find different power power ups that can help you with advancing uh, throughout the level. That's pretty much it. It's it's pretty standard. Um, there was the ability to do uh, like enhanced play where you could pop this game in your Super Game Boy oh, and yes. you can like four player simultaneous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty neat. Uh, it also uses a password system so that way you could save your progress. So pretty nifty. Not much to talk about with it. It's a pretty simple puzzle game. I, I personally, I, I liked Wario's Woods a little better than Wario Blast. Yeah. Um, it's not that Wario Blast is bad, it's just, I don't know, to me, Bomberman games are a dime a dozen. Uh, they're not bad, the music's always fantastic, but it's not something I would regularly play unless, like, yeah. pre- it, to me, it's very similar to a lot of, like, fighting games, like King of Fighters, for example. Mm. I don't need to own every King of <laughs> Fighters because it's, it's kind of like the same game every time, so I kind of, like will buy the latest and greatest one and play that. And then when that one goes out and then they're like, there's a new one, I'll buy the new one and get rid of it. It's kind of like Madden in that sense, <laughs> yeah, in a way. Yeah. So it's kind of similar with Bomberman. It's like once you played one Bomberman, you've played them all. That's fair. I yeah. I, I enjoy the Bomberman games um, mostly for the, like the multiplayer. I, I don't mm-hmm. know I don't know anybody who plays them single player, which is one of the things that's interesting about this is it, it was on the Game Boy and it was a single player game unless you had the Super Game Boy. Right. I'm somewhat surprised, although maybe it would have been more more complicated to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm somewhat surprised they didn't make this like a Link cable game. Um, right. You could play against a like, yeah uh, against a friend or something. That's true. I I also do find it 
pretty funny that it's it like you said it's basically a Bomberman game featuring Wario, but mm-hmm. because Wario is who he is, it's a Wario game featuring Bomberman. Right, exactly. <laughs> and what's cool about this, I you know, I'm almost going to bet or guarantee that this hooks up to, uh, or they, they they wanted the intention of you using the uh, Super Bomberman or Super Bomberman Two adapter that came with the like super big giant box version of the game, the mm-hmm. Super Bomberman. It, it came with an adapter, like a multi-tap adapter that was made by Hudson oh. or like developed or created. That's basically like an official or on if I, I, I don't know, I think it's official, but I could be wrong about that. But it's, I believe it's made by Hudson Soft and it's got the little B logo on it, the Hudson <laughs> Soft B. And it's an adapter that you can plug in up to four controllers, and you can play, you know, multiplayer games with it. Oh, that's so cool. on the Super NES. So I'm, I'm gonna bet that they, they chose to use that with this. That makes sense. Yeah. So Yasuhiko Fukuda uh, worked on mostly Bomberman stuff. The first game was Tante Jinguji Saburo Kiken Nafutari in 1988. Was a music composer on that. Uh, Download in 1990, Atomic Punk in 1990, Smart Ball in 91, Super Bomberman 2, which we just talked about, Emerald Dragon in 1994, Bomberman Game Boy in 1994, and did some other Bomberman games like Super Bomberman 5 in 97, Bomberman Game Boy 3 in 1996, Uh, Super Bomberman 4 in 1996 was the arranger on that one. The last game that they worked on was Poppin' Music 2 in 1999, where they were the music composer for that. Wow. Yeah, so pretty big history with uh, simple, catchy, easygoing tracks. So next, our tracks move back to Wario Land, but not in a place that you may be familiar with. This is the Virtual Boy of Wario Land game, and this came out in the Virtual Boy in 1995. This is the credits track, and it's by, again, Kazumi Totaka.
Alright, welcome back. That was Virtual Boy Wario Land, the Virtual Boy 1995 release. That track was the credits theme, and that was by Kazumi Totaka. What do you think? So that's, I think, the first song that we've listened to here that uh, has the what, what I'd referred to earlier as the like the Wario theme. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- whether I'm right or not about that, I don't care. Um, <laughs> in my mind, that's the Wario that's theme. That's it. So Lock that, it down, doo-doo, people. Doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. Yep. Um, you, you hear that in a lot of the other in a lot of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But considering the 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 console that this game was released on, um, <laughs> this. This was a really, it was a really good song. The other songs, uh, I'm not, if, if you've listened to any of the other tracks from from this game, they're not terrible by any means. Sure. They, there's a lot of, a lot of it's in the minor key, so there's a lot of that like sort of evilish sounding stuff, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of sort of like discordant uh, music in there, like not not to the point where it's unlistenable, but mm-hmm. it's sort of harder to get into like this this is definitely if not the most one of the most um like upbeat songs in the yeah. entire in the entire game definitely and it's it, it it's fun to listen to I, I i really enjoy this piece for sort of like the the levity and the spirit of it yeah no i agree i i, I really actually found it very fascinating sound wise to hear what sounded like sampled piano runs in there the oh yeah yeah that that almost sounded like a sample so i did a little digging to try to see if i could find out some information about the virtual boy sound uh, because i really didn't know much about it i always thought it was just like a beefed up game boy yeah kind of sort of is it has five wave channels and then a noise channel uh channels one through four are like standard wave channels and then channel five has all the functionality of the standard wave channels one through four but in addition to that also has support for frequency sweep and modulation mm-hmm. and there's a six channel as well but that's just a noise generator probably for like the drums yeah, uh, yeah. you know the drum samples or drum sounds but mm-hmm. um, wave generation is performed by writing 32 pcm samples to vcu memory and those samples are used to produce output waves so uh, most likely those sounds, those piano runs that we're, we're hearing uh, were potentially PCM samples, huh. possibly. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's... Those it, are pretty good quality PCM it, samples, if, th- if so. That's what I was saying. Like, it, it definitely <clears throat> doesn't sound like something that would come out of like a beefed up Game Boy. It sounds like mm-hmm. something that you'd hear on like a 32-bit system even. Right, like, the, you know, definitely, definitely way lower quality, but still pretty impressive. Yeah. And, so, so, and sort of like I said, I mean, considering the system that it was released on, right. that's and that that is a, a really good <sighs> yeah. piece of music. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't want to I don't want to bash the the, the the Virtual Boy. No, because... you can. It sucks. <laughs> uh, no, okay. So I owned a vir- I owned a Virtual Boy. Really? I did. Uh, at one point in time, I owned a Virtual Boy. I got it as a gift from a couple friends. I didn't play it. That's the thing. I owned Wario Land and Red Alert. No, Red Alert is the game they got me. I uh... bought me Wario Land. Because I, I was like, I want a good game for this. And Wario Land is actually a really good game for this. Uh, you know, it makes great use of the 3D effects that they were trying to go for with like yeah. lots of like crazy parallax scrolling with the red and black like colors uh, going back and forth uh, between like layers, like the front section, the back section. One really good comparison that I can make to it is if anyone's ever played Mutant Muds or Mutant Muds Deluxe, mm. uh, it's a virtual console game, or not a virtual console, but like a, you can get it on the 3DS basically. And I think, I think you can get it on the PS4 as well. It's on a bunch of systems, it's on Steam. Definitely recommend checking it out if you like, you know, action platform games like Wario. In that game, you're playing as like this kind of like nerdy 
kid, this like blonde haired geeky kid with glasses, and he gets the help of his grandmother to like, you know, you, you collect all these like different power-ups and you could bounce back and forth between a weak gun and a powerful gun and or you could like hover. And the whole point, the reason why I'm bringing this up is there's a lot of like foreground and background stuff which makes great use of the 3D on the 3DS. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing here with Wario Land on the Virtual Boy. It makes mm. great use of putting Wario in the background or in the foreground and having him really stand out. Um, the, you know, the graphics here are great, despite the fact that they're completely red and black. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that, so. that's, that's one of the things that I thought uh, was kind of cool about that system is they, it, it's sort of like the original Game Boy. You only really had green and black. Right, um, right. I mean, you can call it black and white, but Except it, you know, green. didn't want to stab your eyes out. Yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Fork. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like they, they gave you enough warnings with the Virtual Boy. You know, yeah. only play for, for 15 seconds at a time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, the, this game, um, obviously, I've, I've, I've only ever, so not obviously, I've only ever touched a Virtual Boy once, and that mm -hmm. was, I think the game that I played was like the tennis game, mm -hmm. and that was back in high school. I had a friend who had a Virtual Boy, okay. and like, we were like, holy crap. And then I played, and I was <laughs> what like, is this? I don't feel so well. <laughs> but, um, so having not played this game, uh, it's, it's interesting to, to see that it it followed pretty much right up with the first Wario Land. Right. Um, Mar Super Mario Land 3. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's actually, so I had said that was the only sort of adventure platformer, action platformer, and the rest of them were all puzzle games, mm -hmm. or puzzle platforming. This one is actually... Just like that, it's not a yeah. puzzle, uh, puzzle platformer. It is also an adventure, action adventure platformer. Yeah, I believe you can like die in this one, unlike yeah. some of the later games, which we'll get to in a bit. But uh, it kind of brings back the hat power-ups, where you can get the the dragon hat, uh, the bull helmet comes back. The, there's an eagle hat that helps you like fly, and you mm -hmm. can also like barge while you're in midair, which is really cool. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, a lot of really cool power-ups. There's like mini games and stuff that you can play throughout the game as well, but it's 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 really cool. I mean, I, I dig this game. I just wish that it wasn't on the Virtual Boy. I mean, they've been saying for years how, people have really been saying for years how they really want Nintendo to re-release these games on like newer consoles with, with maybe like the 3D effect turned, you know, maybe like recolorize the Wireland games. But I just, I, I feel like... The Virtual Boy is such a sore spot for Nintendo. It was like one of their biggest uh, failures. So they're probably never going to. You're never going to see these games. That's really ever show the light of day. That, that, that's super unfortunate because, yeah. like, the, from, from what I'm seeing about this game, it looks like it would be just as fun mm -hmm. as Warrior Lands from Mario Land Three. Yeah, uh, and it, it it's got the, sort of the same sort of setup. Like I said, it, it, he has the, it looks like the same power ups but more. So like, yeah, it's got it's got an expanded power up. Uh, roster from mm -hmm. from the from the previous game, uh, and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, and considering that Nintendo, as much as I hate the 3D fad, Nintendo mm -hmm. is doing fairly well with the, the implementing it into 3DS. Sure, and I mean they'd have to sort of basically redo this game from scratch. Oh yeah, if they if they did it and put it on the 3DS, uh, it would probably go over pretty well. Absolutely, yeah, I, I think it would do very well actually. And there hasn't been a Wario game in a while, which we'll talk about a little later, but. That's that's pretty much it for Virtual Boy Wario Land. It's it's a shame that it's on the system that it's on, but at the same time, it's it's kind of like a unique specimen to the Wario Land series. Mm. So we'll move into the next game, which is Wario Land 2 on the Game Boy Color, the first like actual sequel. That came out in 1998, so quite a jump from the previous title of uh, 1994. So, Warland 2, the track we're going to be listening to is End Assessment, and it's by Kozue Ishikawa. 
it's -a me, Wario. And today, you're going to buy my book, How to Use Friends to Gain Treasure. Tell them all about it, guy I paid. That's right. In the book, How to Use Friends to Gain Treasure, Wario teaches you the secret to tap into the hidden potential of your inner gold mine. Here's just a few short ideas from the book to help you get started. No, no freebies. You buy the book. But Wario, that's not what the publisher wants. Okay, okay, fine. Here's part of a chapter. First things first, find some gullible creatures to agree to help with a variety of problems. Either their princess was kidnapped, or their spaceship crash-landed. You know, any old problem you can scrounge up. Then, pretend to help them in exchange for currency. Eureka! Free treasure! <laughs> okay, it's not free. You had to jump through eight worlds worth of madness just to save every single princess, helpless aliens, or whatever else you're trying to do. Hmm, yeah. That's a bit like a job, huh? Okay, how about this one? Grab a friend! Preferably one who likes purple and who hates Mario and Luigi as much as I do. Wah. And then challenge them in a variety of sports and party games. All for the grand prize, a trophy, and bragging rights! So... you're gonna play a competitive sport with people you normally affiliate with just to say you beat them? I don't know, Wario. That seems like a lot of work. And the trophy that you get is usually plastic. Oh, ho, ho! Well then, this next tip will for sure be a quick get-rich scheme. Scour all newspapers for hidden legends and treasures, like the time I found out about a golden pyramid that was up for grabs. Oh, check out your local woodlands for treasures hidden in puzzle pieces. So so you want people to just walk around aimlessly in the woods or check out the classifieds? Did the publishers actually read this book before they agreed to publish it? Nope. And that's the greatest tip of all. Get some schmucks to read a bunch of nonsense tips and drop Mario's name and they'll be gung-ho to publish it. <laughs> Wario wins again. Well played, Wario. Well played. That's right. And now you're fired. <laughs> Buy my book now. How to use friends to get treasure. Now in bookstores and ebook shops while supplies last. Get it at your local Morton and Larry's bookstore or buy it at Captain Syrup's website www.captainsyrup.com Now have a rotten day! <laughs>
the previous games in the series, which were more like action platform romps, I guess you could say. This takes on a more like puzzle aspect to it. So the game starts off, you have Captain Syrup's cohorts uh, breaking in uh, their pirate goons. There's, uh, they're, they're called spearmen. And they are kind of like, you know, previous characters that were in, you know, the other Wario Land games. And essentially what happens is they sneak into Wario's castle and they start just like wreaking havoc on everything. They just start destroying everything. Um, the first thing they do is they take his treasure and then they steal his, his pet, which is a pet hen. And its name is Hen. <laughs> I don't know why you would. It's like naming a cat kitty. Cat, yeah. Right, right. So they also set off his like alarm clock and they leave the water running. Yeah. It's like, what else could they possibly do to this poor well, it was guy? Like, to... Yeah. So, uh, it, it was funny because when we were, when when we start the game, like the first thing that happens is they, they, they break in, they steal his money and they, they, they turn the water on. The first thing that, that came to my mind was Home Alone. I was like, what are, what are these guys, the wet bandits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was just so funny. And then like to top it all off, they, 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 Steals alarm clock and they throw it in another room. So the game right. starts off with you having to like find the alarm clock and shut the alarm clock off. Right, constantly going in the background. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a unique take on on the on the series. And they give you like a, a set of chores, I guess, to <laughs> to take on where you have to figure out how to. You know, they make that part of the gameplay where you have to figure out how to how to deal with the things that you're you're facing, the the difficulties that you have. So, for example, you know, uh, turning off the water. So you have to like you know find the water faucet and then turn it off. So you have to like ram into it, yeah. and then also with the giant alarm clock, you've got to get to like the complete opposite side of of where you were sleeping. And the whole time this like alarm clock's going off, and it's kind of annoying at first. But then you know after you set it off or after you grab it, and I think you break it. Yeah. If I recall, you like break I think it. So. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, Wario's just kind of like what what. <laughs> He's like, wah! I'm, I'm, I'm gonna break everything, you know. So, at, at that point, he he has to chase down Captain Syrup and her evil cohorts and get his get his pet back. So, that is that is the game. The game does a pretty good uh, pretty good job of like, teaching you like how to how to play it in the beginning. Yeah, like there there are some of these other games um, that things are not as intuitive, mm -hmm. um, and they they could have done well with either gradually introducing you to concepts or giving you a tutorial. Uh, right. As much as I don't really like tutorials, some some of these games would have benefited from that. But this yeah. one, it's like, you know, you, you have you have your jump and you have your your, your dash or whatever yep. you want to call it. Uh, butt bolt blast or butt bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and... Butt it, stomp. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the things that you have to do are, like, they're, they're in line with that and they, they sort of show you where things are. Like, the um, getting caught in the bubble thing. Uh, right. Underwater. Like you have to use that to get through certain areas, yep. and they they sort of give you a taste of what it, what it is before you actually have to like really use it to solve a puzzle, mm -hmm. and that, that that's clever. Like I th this this was a really fun game. Yeah, no, I, I was digging this one, and it was a nice uh, kind of in betweener until they they kind of went off the deep end with Wario Land Three, which we'll get into in a little bit. <laughs> Wario Land Two felt like kind of an in betweener in the sense that it it wasn't quite. Uh, just like a straightforward action platform game there was a lot more puzzle aspects to it like for example with that bubble that you were talking about 
uh, Wario gets trapped in a bubble and then he's got to like move left or move right to kind of navigate himself but there's like all these blocks that are that are stopping you from being able to do that so you've got to kind of break these blocks yeah. to kind of set up a path that you can take with the bubble when you go back down so it was it was a lot of fun that we were really having a blast playing through this but it, it's it's one of those things where the game doesn't really like in initially they'll they'll kind of let you be the boss of learning how to play the game on your own so you're not really frustrated with with dealing with uh you know the the difficult controls or anything like that it's all fairly simplistic so i i, I thought it was quite well done yeah no definitely and especially because this departed from any of the other Mario Wario games that they've done before. Mm -hmm. uh, as you said, this is more of a, a puzzle-based game, so for one, Wario doesn't necessarily die. I think they took away the, the hearts and, and it's all just based off of coins? Or I, I could be wrong on that one. Yeah. There's no health, if I recall, in this one? Yeah. So it's essentially like how you can like learn from your mistakes to, to beat the level. So I didn't like the fact that you couldn't die... I, I, I kind of feel like I, I wanted to be defeated so that way I can kind of pick up from where I left off instead yeah. of just kind of doing the same thing over and over <laughs> again until I got it right. I don't know. Maybe that was like Nintendo's shtick where they just really wanted people to like learn from their mistakes a different way. Yeah. So it, it's it's an interesting way to develop a game. It's, it's definitely different. But I, I kind of wanted to just fail and die and start over <laughs> at the beginning of the level because you kind of are like beating your head against the wall at points. Yeah, and um, especially like if, if you have to go back, sometimes you don't think to go back. So if you were to die and mm -hmm. go back, it's like, oh, I forgot about that thing. Right. And, and you're going to see a lot of that in the third game, yeah. which we're going to talk about in, in a couple minutes. But this was also the one where, um, so in the other games, they like it was all like sort of Wario's hat mm -hmm. was was where everything came. The from. powers, right? And in this one, it's like conditions, mm -hmm. like your 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 Wario or your I guess they call him Bubble Wario when right. he's in the bubble. S things happen to Wario that that change his condition and how he interacts right. with the world, and you have to use that to solve the puzzles. Yeah, there's a little less than that in the second game. That right, but yeah, the the third game kind of takes the everything that the second game did and bumps it up to a whole another <laughs> level. My first experience with Wario, I, I kind of wanted to touch on this, was in the issue of uh, Nintendo Power. It was issue 44. It was released in January of '93. And this was part of like the Mario comic strips that they would do in Nintendo Power. Yes, I don't know if yes. you remember those. Yeah, there were two comics that I remember very fondly for Wario. One was Mario versus Wario, and the second was Mario versus Wario: The Birthday Bash. <laughs> that was released in January of '94 in issue 56. In case anybody wants to read it, you can check it out online. They're also part of, I believe, there's like a Mario Adventures comic that was reprinted, mm -hmm. uh, and you can get it there uh, too. Definitely recommended those. Those Mario comics from uh, Nintendo Power were great. But they introduced Wario, and that was my first exposure to Wario. I didn't know that he was in any of the games until hmm. I, I played you know, Mario Land 2 all those years later. But uh, the first comic, Mario vs. Wario, is actually based on uh, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Uh, oh. It has like a lot of the enemies that you would face off against, like the pigs and mm. all sorts of stuff like that. So that one was kind of interesting because you kind of saw a different side to Wario. Like he used to call Mario a, a bully, which is like, really? wait a minute, Wario, you're the bully. Like, yeah, right. you know, and, and so Mario, it's just like, he's so Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, ha ha. <laughs> like, you know, or like, wah, nah. -ah. So he, he convinces Wario that he shouldn't hold grudges. And then they just play Cowboys. That's it. 
Mario immediately is like, oh, I'm the sheriff. And he, he, he starts, you know, hitting Wario with his gun and Wario starts screaming that he's going to get his revenge. <laughs> so that's the, that's the first comic that, that he was in. The second comic was probably a little bit more of my favorite as far as like the Mario versus Wario series. And that was uh, Mario and Wario receive an invitation to Princess Toadstool's birthday. And so they're, they're trying to figure out what to get her. And then they, they find out that there's this Samus doll that is like super chibi and super cute. And I always saw this Samus doll in the in the window in the comic strip and I was like, oh man, that'd be so cool to own. Like I wish somebody actually made that. Like that'd be awesome. It was really, really super cute. Like totally chibied out Samus Aaron <laughs> and it was super awesome. But they're like, oh, okay, we're gonna get her, you know, both Mario and Wario are like, we're gonna get her that for her birthday. Like she'll, she'll love us the best or whatever. So then Wario finds out the doll sold out. Then the clerk finds out that it was bought the clerk tells him, like, he kind of beats it out of him, like, that, that a man with a big black mustache bought it. And so he's like, oh, it was definitely Mario, absolutely. So instead, he buys something that is kind of like a similar shape, and he buys a jack-in-the-box. And he wraps <laughs> he wraps it to look identical. He makes the guy wrap it to look, like, identical, like, the package that Mario supposedly bought. Yeah. And so then they... Mario and Wario are just, like, sw like swapping the presents, like you know, switching back and forth. And the whole point of the thing is you think that Mario bought the gift and you're like waiting for the punchline, like, okay, who <laughs> who got her the, the Samus doll? And then you end up finding out that they both bought Jack in the Boxes for her and that it was Luigi <laughs> that bought the Samus doll. Of so uh, Princess Toadstool gives Luigi a kiss and then Mario and Wario are like, you know, so it, it's just, it's super cute oh, and fun. Awesome. Yeah, those, those comic strips were great. They had a whole like Mario... Mario World series that they did as well and they were like riveting like I remember like going from <laughs> issue to issue and being like oh my god I wonder what's gonna happen like it was just so super exciting all right sorry I'm like totally geeking out no no that's <laughs> fine um, I, I didn't get a lot of the, um, the Nintendo powers when I was a kid but I do remember the ones that, that I got I, I loved cool. um, the, the, the comics were awesome absolutely um, but Real quick, speaking of um, comics with Mario and Wario, mm -hmm. um, I was doing some investigating into Wario right. um, earlier in the week, and one of the more interesting things that I found was in Germany, uh, are you aware of the the unofficial uh, or non-canon creation of Wario? In, no. So there, there was a comic strip in Club Nintendo in, in, one, of the, in one of the German releases mm -hmm. where Mario was working with Dr. Light, and uh, they were trying to... Dr. Light was trying to cure Mario's pixelated look for Dr. Light, like Mega Man? Mega Man's Dr. Light. Literally, Dr. Light. Okay. And they, they wanted to cure Mario's pixelated look and make him look like the rest of the characters in the comic. Okay. Um, and in doing so, like, he put this device on, on his head, and, uh, and what ended up coming out of that was Wario. Mm -hmm. And he just, from there, creates havoc. And it's like wow. Mario's evil side. Right, right. Um, I mean, wow. it's, it's, not, it's not canon by any means. Sure. It's not, like, no, no, do no. doesn't recognize it. Absolutely not. It was just not. so funny. That's hilarious. Particularly because of the fact that it was like Mario and Dr. Light. Like it's, right. It's, a Nintendo, it's not a Nintendo property, it's a Capcom property. Right. But it was used in, on the NES. That's funny, I never knew that. Huh. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Wario <laughs> Land 3 on the Game Boy Color. This came out in 2000, and this was Out of the Woods. This is the day version of that track, and it's by Kozue Ishikawa and Ryoji Yoshitomi. <laughs>
Alright, welcome back. That was Wario Land 3 for the Game Boy Color, the 2000 release. I'm very late for the Game Boy Color. Uh, Out of the Woods Day was the track, and that was by Kozue Ishikawa and Ryoji Yoshitomi. So, Wario Land 3, definitely, in my opinion, the black sheep of the bunch. This is a fever dream of a game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. That, that, that's accurate. Yeah. So uh, first off, the track. What do you what do you think of it? Uh, the track itself was was actually it was, it was fairly upbeat. It, it reminds me a lot of Wario himself. There is mm -hmm. a um, I don't really know how to describe this other than saying like there there's a sort of a nasal quality to the melody. If yeah. You know what I mean, no, which, which sounds a lot like Wario's. Like, ah, voice. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say farty. <laughs> Ah. It's got that very like farty like. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> well, but but I I like your nasally approach as well because it's very focused on Wario and that's the whole point of this episode. It's, yeah, it's very like. Like yeah, I can picture. You know what I can picture? I can picture Wario walking around in the game singing hum, that song. Summing, yes. Yeah, that, you know. So that's that's what I think would be the thing. <laughs> so in this game, you're facing off against Rudy the Clown. He is the antagonist. Essentially what happens is Wario's flying his plane uh, over the, I don't know, Amazon. And it, <laughs> it crashes. Then you end up finding this music box in this cave. And you check it out, you're looking at it, you're like, what the heck is this thing? And then he gets sucked in to the music box. And there's like this like Oz-like figure, this Oz, Wizard of Oz kind of character that appears in the in the background. They're very ominous, very creepy, and they end up basically saying like, "Oh, do you do you want treasure? Well, you got to come in and help me uh, find my magic powers or whatever." So you have to like get his magic powers that's in five different music boxes. And, and return them to him. And the whole thing, I think when we were playing this, you, you said that the whole thing was very like, I'm not the bad guy sort of oh, thing. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, when he's talking to the, the, the face in the background. Right, yeah. It's it's one of those, I, I, I might, I'm probably not the only person to, to think it, but mm -hmm. like as he's talking, it's just like, oh, like it, it's obvious that this guy who, who claims to have been I forgot what he claimed to be, but he claimed to like have been cursed and sealed away right. for whatever reason. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're probably actually the bad guy, and yep. you're just using Wario. You so. called it. <laughs> this game is just, it, it again takes on the more puzzle platform aspect to it. At times, it's very frustrating because you're kind of, again, beating your head against the wall trying to figure out what to do. I remember one of the really frustrating parts was uh, there's these zombie characters that you come across in, in one of the levels. Oh, yeah. And the zombie keeps puking on you, and you end up turning into a zombie. And the only way you can stop turning into a zombie is if you go under the lamppost, and that yeah. turns you back into a normal Wario. The whole point of the game is to try to like unlock your powers. So you're going through the game to get to try to reclaim like your normal abilities. So as you're playing through each level, you're like, oh, okay, I have to go back and do this, or I have to go back and do that. And you're not able to do it the first playthrough. So you've got to like play basically the entire game levels like three or four times. And there's two versions of every level. Too, right, so. right. Yeah, there's a day <laughs> version and a night version. So it it it, it becomes very plotting if yeah. you will it's not it's not a bad game it's just they leave a lot up for interpretation 
So you're not really sure what to do because you're ne- you're never dying in the game. Right. You're just like getting lit on fire by by <laughs> random fire things multiple times, running all over you know yeah. the the level, uh, and then finally you get doused out or you you know you stop being lit on fire, and then you go back to the same spot and you get lit on fire again. So it's just like it. If you don't know what you're doing the first time around when you're playing it and you don't have a lot of patience, it can get very frustrating. Yeah, I would say probably the, mo- the most frustrating thing that uh, that I found was like if you, you get used to what you can do, especially at the beginning of the game in Wario Land 2, yeah. like you have the ground pound, you, you have these things, and then at the beginning of this game, you don't have them. Right. And while, while I'm used to many like Metroidvania type games mm-hmm. where, like especially Metroid, where you have, you start off like with these powers and then you almost immediately lose them. Right. Like, there's an explanation as to why why that happens, but mm-hmm. like one one of the most classic Wario things aside from farting is <laughs> is sort of like his his butt pound. Right, the ground and, pound. And that's something that you actually unlock later right? as I as I was reading um, and I was just very confused I'm like why why can't I ground pound to get through these right. blocks? Right. Yeah. It it reminds me actually quite a bit of the Shantae series where you're going through and you'll get you'll see things that you can't get to. But you know that you'll have to eventually go back to it. So you've got to kind of make a mental note to do that. But the, the thing that's different about this game, uh, this has more in common with, I'd say, the later Shantae games like uh, Shantae Half-Genie Hero or Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, where you're not playing through one giant world. Instead, worlds are kind of broken up into like sections. Yeah. And so that's kind of, this is more in line with like, I'd say, Half-Genie Hero more than anything, just because you're going through level by level in each world, kind of like Mario World in a way, where like there's a world hub, and then you're kind of moving between the worlds. But what's really interesting is that you'll use items that you find in these treasure boxes uh, that Wario finds, and you'll unlock more portions of the the levels that you can go through like in one you find an axe you chop you use the axe to chop a tree down in the in the main world and then when that happens automatically the next level is set up and then you can move on to the next level so there's just a lot of going back and forth between levels like do i use this here do i not use this what do i do how do i get there how do i do this you're going to encounter platforms and locations and areas where you can't do anything right and so that's like that gets really frustrating if you're more used to like a more action platformy like linear adventure and something that's less uh, i would say exploratory yeah yeah yeah, because I mean, after that first level, it opens up like there, there's two different places you can go. Yep, it's not terrible, but it, no. it, it is it is definitely a little bit confusing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this this would be I would say if Wario had a Metroidvania, Egovania, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I, I would say that this would be as close as you can get to it. So definitely a late release in the Game Boy Color. The game looks gorgeous. It is a very pretty game visually speaking. Yeah. Right up there with, I would say, like, Shantae. Like, the first Shantae game on the Game Boy Color. So, it's really cool. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we talked about the composer already, Kozue Ishikawa, uh, worked on Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3, and also Ryoji Yoshitomi, so we don't really have to talk about them, so we may as well move into the next track. So, what do we have next? Uh, Next up is Wario Land 4, uh, the next year, actually, 2001, on the Game Boy Advance. The track is Hall of Hieroglyphs, composed by Ryoji Yoshitomi.
All right, that was uh, from Wario Land 4 in 2001 on the Game Boy Advance, The Hall of Hieroglyphs by Ryoji Yoshitomi. Yes, it was. <laughs> this one sounded like something you'd hear at a baseball game, didn't it? Those yeah. organs. Yes, the, 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 it had like the, that, that organ, like the da-da-da, almost. My, my first thought was actually kind of like a game show. Yeah, yeah, game show. It almost okay. sounded like something you could, you'd hear on um, The Price is Right or something yep, like that. Yep, yep, I, I really felt like sound-wise, they really nailed it with the instrumentation here. The drums sound very very soft but very padded, uh, but at, at the same time very strong sounding. And you've got these fantastic organs that come in that, that, that roll throughout the entire track. There, there's also like different style organs that play in the background the dun 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 and yeah. then you've got the lead kind of kicks in dun dun and it's it's like a rocking kind of vibe to it but at the same time it's like almost like like we were talking about like a baseball game kind of sound to it or like a jazz yeah kind of thing. I, like, I was i was thinking like j- jazz or swing yeah like um, a swing jazz based yeah on, based on like the beat and the, mm-hmm. the the way that everything progressed yep yep definitely <clears throat> yeah the, and those drums were definitely like jazz jazz style drums yeah. so but yeah so the tones and the instrumentation that they used here are very impressive for the game boy advance a lot of game boy advance music which we've talked about on the podcast before is very uh, not good. It's it's very harsh sounding, very rough along the edges, very brash, brittle, and and kind of like intense. Mm. And it, it it's very harsh tones. Whereas this sounds almost like sample quality. Yeah. I would say like they sampled those instruments instead of like used the the internal sound driver and in, built into the the system. So yeah, pretty pretty interesting stuff uh, audibly wise for the uh, for the Game Boy Advance. I, I haven't heard anything that sounds like this maybe since like when Jake Kaufman was doing some some work on the Game Boy Advance for like some of the racing games like the Carnage and some some of the stuff that he was doing on the Game Boy Advance w- uh, was similar to that. Uh, Manfred Linsner, that's another one, uh, very good composer that we've covered before. I think we did on the Shoot'em Ups 2 episode uh, where we covered uh, his Iridian 2 track on the Game Boy Advance, which again, same thing, just the instrumentation there is really strong, very solid. And uh, so it's nice to see more of that in the form of Wireland 4. I'm trying to think back of the, uh, on the Game Boy Advance games that I've played to try to re like recount what mm-hmm. the music sounded like. And uh, I'm realizing I don't think I really did much with the Game Boy Advance. Like um, I, I can recall playing Fire Red and Castlevania games. Yep, yep, and the Castlevania games as well as pretty much anything that Konami and Capcom were putting out. Mm-hmm. All the tones were very harsh sounding, yeah. very ble- like ble- it just like bleeds through the sound and it, it makes it sound very distorted, very rough. A lot of the music is sequenced as well, so it's yeah. very hard to to pull out of the system. That's one of the reasons why you're not going to hear any that okay, let me rephrase this. You're not going to hear much music from the WarioWare series right around the this time, Nintendo was uh, deciding that they were going to kind of bring in a new series that was, it's kind of like minigame-ish, but at the same time, it's almost like Twitch-style gameplay or ADD-style gameplay, and a lot of fun, and that's the WarioWare series, Um, and they, the whole reason why they 
They chose Wario is just because he's a silly guy. Yeah. yeah. But Wario Land 4 is a game where Wario's just hanging out. He's reading the newspaper. Probably, I don't know, checking out the classified section most likely. And he finds an article about a pyramid that was found in the jungle. So there's a legend that the, the pyramid is, is housing someone named Princess Shokura, who is the ruler of that pyramid. And uh, Shokura was uh, cursed by a person called the Golden Diva. And so Wario jumps into his Wario car, which I guess is the <laughs> giant Cadillac that he drives around, and ends up going to the pyramid. Just waltzes in, you know. Uh, he finds a black cat, and he starts chasing it. And when he does, he gets stuck inside the pyramid at some point. Falls down yeah. and gets locked in the pyramid. And so he's essentially just like... The, the cat ends up becoming like his helper for a beginning portion of the game. Uh, and it turns out that the cat is Princess uh, Shokura. So we were talking earlier in the podcast about uh, Wario having a female uh, kind of like mirror image, like, you know, princess. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would actually be, now that we're, you know, discovering this, it would actually be Princess Shokura. Uh, this is one of the few games that we weren't able to play just because ne neither of us owned a copy of it and we just didn't have access to it. Uh, immediately. So Princess Shokura is pretty interesting. First off, her name is based on the French word or the Japanese approximation of the French word chocolate or chocolate. So that's how you kind of pronounce her name. But, uh, you know, she kind of, she got four different forms depending on which, how many treasure chests you get throughout the game. So if you get one or no treasure chest, uh, then she appears as like a young, like toddler, like a brat. Yeah. And then if you get two to five, Shokura appears as a, like, larger, more, like, unattractive, like, Wario. She looks just like Wario. She has a big nose. Yeah, a big red nose. Big red, you know, <laughs> honking nose and looks just like Wario. So that's pretty funny. The third form is a more, like, teenage form. She's more, like, very young-looking, very, like, thin-looking, and more like a teenage, like, 16-year-old girl or whatever. Yeah. And then the... Final form is uh, the true princess version, who's a little bit older, a little bit more wiser, more mature. Uh, actually looks a, a little bit different than what you're used to seeing in the Mario universe as far as princesses go. She's got shorter hair and a little bit you know, more of like a pointier nose. And no matter which version you find, Princess Shokura kisses Wario on the cheek at the end of the game, says thank you Wario, and that's pretty much the end of the game. So one of these versions that you find will entertain you, I'm yeah. sure, to no end. But it kind of makes you want to find out which is the true form of the princess as you go through. Yeah, so go back and play the, like play the game again. Yeah, to, to try to get one of the one of the better mm -hmm. forms. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, especially considering like so in in I think it was Warrior Land Two. We mentioned that the depending on how many how much how many coins you got, yeah, Wario's house or domicile that he gets at the end is either anything from a like a, a, a birdhouse to a, a, a I think like a, a cabin, right, like a castle to the planet. right, right, um, right. So this sort of follows that 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 same sort of premise. Yeah, it's kind of a really throwback neat. gameplay wise as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is more of like a pretty standard action platform type game it's it's a little bit less focused on you know they're, they're less focused on making a game where you can't die you know now you have like a life bar you have like oh. a heart meter so you can end up dying in this one which is good in my opinion i i think this is a more like stronger return to form 
Graphics here are phenomenal. Really great stuff. Yeah, all it like beautiful. Yeah, really gorgeous game. 2D, like you know, side scrolling, especially for that early in the Game Boy Advance's life cycle. That this was a 2001 release, and you know, just a year before that, we saw the you know the transition from Game Boy Color to this. So they really amped up their game, and it, it shows here. So Ryoji Yoshitomi again, you know, did this soundtrack as well as uh, some of the ones that we talked about a little bit earlier wario land 3 and uh also worked on wario land super mario land 3 yep so good stuff so that's wario land 4 so now we kind of move into the uh 3d realm this is wario world for the gamecube and this came out in 2003 two years later this is greenhorn force and it's by norio hanzawa and minako hamano and we'll tell you why it's by those two in just a minute That was Wario World, 2003's release on the GameCube. That was Greenhorn Forest, one of the first levels that you hear. And that was Norio Hanzawa and Minako Hamano. So you're probably wondering, why Norio Hanzawa? Uh, well, this was a treasure-developed game. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why is, I, I guess, Nintendo and Treasure kind of headed off after uh, they worked together on Sin and Punishment. Uh, for the N64. So they wanted to keep it going, so they ended up working on this game, Wario World, for the GameCube, and this is an exclusive title for that system. It was essentially like a beat-em-up, but also kind of a platformer as well. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, you spent a lot of time with it. What, what did you think of it? I thought it was really cool, for uh, especially for a, for a Wario game. And I mean, that, that's not to downplay, downplay Wario at all. Sure. Um, I, I know that that phrase, like, it was good for this. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is usually, like, backhanded. But it was it was a lot of fun. Like, the GameCube is another Nintendo system that I didn't really get as much time with as, uh, as I sort of wish I, I, I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, going back, playing games either 
on the Wii because it can play GameCube games or yep. like on other people's GameCubes. There's a lot of really good games for that system. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one that I had never seen mm-hmm. and I, I literally want to play more of this game. Yeah, um, yeah. The, 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 first, the first world, which um, as you said is the, the world that this song comes from, mm-hmm. Really sort of sets the tone. Like it, it starts off with with Wario like not really kind of giving a crap, doing his own thing, mm-hmm. and then finding out that these these spritelings are in need of his help, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and he's just like, oh, there's well. always something in need of his help. Yeah, and I mean he. It, it, it really seems like he's not going to bother. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, yeah, no, there's treasure. And he's like, oh, well, if there's treasure. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a pretty pretty common occurrence with yeah. Wario. Um, I mean, that that's just sort of like his MO. Right. But the go, going back to like the, the action-adventure platforming thing was, was a lot of fun, and especially in a, in a 3D realm. Like running around and seeing sort of his different uh, his different abilities. I didn't get to play around with whatever, whatever the one where he opens his mouth really wide is. Right. I don't, I don't know what that does. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, his his dash, his punch, uh, and and other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting, and the the uh, the enemy design was really neat too. Like there's these little like dragon things that, mm-hmm. that are all over the place. I think they call them magons. Okay. M a g o n. Their design is really neat. Like they're 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 almost kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Like they, they've got these giant hands and this giant head, this tiny body. Yeah, everything kind of is in this game, <laughs> in the series as well. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it is after all still a kids game. It is an mm-hmm. everything title. So as far as the ranking or the rating, so that does make sense. I really dug the gameplay in this. It, it was uh, definitely a step in the right direction for what in in my opinion like a proper evolution of a. Uh, platformer would be if it was to merge with a beat-em-up. Yeah. So you've got these 2D levels that you can kind of, you know, go through, like 2.5D, but Wario himself is completely 3D rendered in the sense, like, 2.5... It's not really 2.5D, it's more like the camera perspective's 2.5D, but Wario can move all over the, the level, very similar yeah, to, like, Final Fight or... Right, like exactly, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got, like, a real, lot of, like, really funny moves, like wrestling moves and the biting yeah. move and, like, all those types of moves that we were talking about, so... I thought that it was pretty cool. I I agree that I wanted to spend more time with this one. It it definitely was something that I could see myself like playing through and really enjoying. So music wise, what do you think of it? That that track uh, as well is is really nice. Uh, it's hummable, super it, hummable, it's super hummable. hummable. It's also like we, we were talking some some of the other tracks sounded sort of like jazzy or swingy. Yep. This one um, I'd say sort of tops the list so far mm-hmm. in the fact that like there it 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 has. This very obvious um, saxophone. Synth. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean that's. I mean saxophone is like the jazz instrument. Sure. Um, and the just the feel of that song mm-hmm. was was super jazzy. Um, I don't know if I would say it felt like Wario per se, mm-hmm. um, but that may be due to a number of other things uh, with the development of the game and, and where the composers came from. Yeah, that's true. But it, but it definitely fit the level. Like wh- whether or not it felt like a Wario song, mm-hmm. um, the the atmosphere of the level and the mm-hmm. way that things were going. I, I definitely found myself enjoying what I was hearing sure. as well as what I was doing. Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I would say, though, that I do feel that this is a Wario track just because of those, as you said, those saxophones or mm. those... I, I, was, I wasn't I was going to say saxophones. I was going to say, like, maybe, like, a deeper, uh, like, brass instrument. Like, something maybe a little, like, bassier sounding. Mm. Uh, you know, those... It's just... It's, it's not quite saxophone i would say saxophone's a little higher registered this sounded like a bassoon or maybe something like that, that, that that's fair i mean i yeah uh, i i would probably actually put it as a um no, a sousaphone 
No, definitely not, <laughs> definitely not a Suzumon. Um that, that is on par with a tuba. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I might put it more at like a, a baritone saxophone okay. or, a, or a tenor saxophone. Yeah, like yeah. The saxophone that most people are familiar with, I think, is an alto saxophone. Right, yep. Um, but one, one of the bigger saxophones that gets you a deeper sound. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, th- those are things that I don't think of when I talk because right. I, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else does. <laughs> But yeah, no, it it, it it was definitely a deeper sound. It, it, it's not not what you would normally hear as a saxophone. Right, right, um, right. But it was it, it's a lot of fun too. Like that's like it, it, it's sort of like a punchy song. That, right, that gets I you agree. Kind of going. It's a great starter track too yes. for the game. It really kicks off this vibe and this feeling like okay, you're gonna have fun with this game. It's yes. gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I really dig those those like random piano licks that kind of come in the dun 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 dun. dun. It's it's it kind of brings this like nice flow to the song. It kind of gives it a nice like warm ambiance that you know you you wouldn't normally get if if you were listening to like some of the game like Game Boy Color stuff. Oh yeah, which is more like you know it's more like evil and sinister, <laughs> but also playful and whimsical at the same time. Whereas this, I think, is just having fun. Yeah. Like, it's having fun, but it's doing it in a bad style, if that makes <laughs> any sense. So, But yeah, and, and this game is cool, too, because you can link it with the Game Boy Advance with the WarioWare game. Oh, yes. Uh, and you can unlock, like, uh, different minigames and stuff, like, the more you play. The whole purpose of the game is to collect these, like, red diamonds in each level. But if you collect treasure in, in the various level. The treasure can be converted over to or transferred over to the uh, WarioWare games with the uh, Game Boy Advance Link cable, so it's pretty cool. They were really trying to hammer home that that idea. You also get garlic in this game. That that's what restores your life, and that that's yep. garlic has always been for Wario like that's his like lifeblood. You yep. know what I mean? Like that's that's what you know. It's part it's part of his sinister you know awful demeanor that that you're just like really dude you're gonna like. Eat garlic like a lot. I mean, clearly, he's he's Italian. That's, that's what we do. That's that's <laughs> true. That's true. But it, it's funny because it wasn't until this game that that I that I realized that garlic was actually a thing for him. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like hearing about him and garlic being in the same room or something. Right. But um, like in the, in this game, like they they specifically state and like it's a lot more obvious because it's in 3D and it's like oh hey that's a clove of garlic. Right. Right. Um, and then if you if you go back and you like actually look through the manual or whatever for the other games, that that's that's actually what's in it, it's in a lot of the other games like the bottles in the um, Wario Land for the Virtual Boy and the first Wario Land. Right. The bottles that that get, that they don't give you a special power but they they take you out from being mini mini Wario, mm-hmm. which technically garlic bottles. Right. Didn't know that until I looked at it. But, yeah. Um, it's it, it, it definitely makes it clear that garlic is his thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, Minako Hamano and Norio Hanzawa. So, Minako Hamano is actually, uh, for the most part, a Nintendo composer, starting with Link's Awakening on the uh, Game Boy way back in 1993. Also, Super Metroid was the music composer on that. They've done quite a bit, mostly with uh, Wario World, Wario Games, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. uh, Worked on some of the music for that along with David Wise. Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. I think mostly credited on Tropical Freeze for the work that she did. I I believe this is a female composer, by the way, Minako Hamano. Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D was like, that was Minako's jam right there. That was a big project for them, so definitely, definitely a, a... 
really important title, but um, also did sound support on Tokyo Mirage Sessions Fire Emblem in 2016. And did a bunch of other games too, mostly for Nintendo, like Brain Age and We Play Motion, <laughs> a lot of weird stuff like that. And of course, Super Smash Brothers, uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl to be specific. Yes. Also can't forget Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Tons of, tons of Nintendo stuff for Minako Hamano. What I'm thinking is Minako Hamano probably said, listen, th- you know, to Norio Hanzawa, all right, dude, you're known for crazy, insane soundtracks. You gotta dial it back a bit. Let me play some Wario music. Let, you know, let's let's get you on point. Norio Hanzawa started off uh, in 1989 with Quarth, uh, who he did uh, sound design on that, and then Castlevania: The Adventure in 1989, uh, Roller Games in 1990, and The Simpsons arcade game in oh, 1991. Yes. Bucky O'Hare as well, and uh, probably most infamously known for. Uh, the games that he worked on when he left Konami. He did Gunstar Heroes in 93, Dynamite Heady in 94, Alien Soldier in 95, Guardian Heroes in 96, Mischief Makers in 97, Bangayo in 2000. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Astro Boy Omega Factor in 2003. His final game was Sin and Punishment Star Successor in 2009. So... Really fantastic, amazing composer. I know it's one of Ed's favorites. Norio Hanzawa is just, he writes these like insane tracks that just, they come out of left field. They really show a lot of just noise. <clears throat> and, and and these tracks are like beastly, yeah. in my opinion. And so when you hear most of Hanzawa's work, you kind of get a little intimidated, especially on his work on the Genesis. But here, he just kind of comes off as just having fun with this. Yeah. You know, him and, and uh, Minako Hamano probably definitely really gelled well together. And I think that this soundtrack is is really top-notch. I, I would say they, they definitely did a great job together because the, the, the music in that game is on Good point. Stuff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. So let's move into Wario, Master of Disguise on the 2007 DS release. Uh, this is Terror Misu Battle, and it's by Kenji Hikita.
Alright, that was uh, Wario Master of Disguise in 2007 on the DS. Uh, the track was Terror Misu Battle by Kenji Hikita. Wow, right? Yeah. Um, oh man. That was pretty freaking epic. Yeah. Um, I, I would say right out right out of the gate, I was feeling a very Mega Man X vibe from it. Yep, definitely. Um, and I, I will I will recant that in just a minute when I when I explain that it's the, the, I mean, so the, the composer, um, we'll, we'll talk more about Kenji in a bit, but I, uh, it's not Mega Man X that I was feeling, mm-hmm. although it, it definitely had some of that feel to it, but actually F-Zero, because uh, yep. cause this, this guy did work on some of the F-Zero um, games. But that was incredibly driving, yeah. and uh, I think that, that, that tops the list so far. I uh, was feeling awesome. it, man. I was <laughs> feeling it. Yeah, no, this is my jam right here. It, it was powerful synth rock metal, yes. like just really guitar heavy guitar driven and you know it's a shame that i never picked this one up because uh, until i heard the soundtrack <laughs> i was like eh, you know i mean I, I i had heard that this game like i remember reading reviews for this game when it came out mm-hmm. and like critics mostly pan the game yeah. they but now that i think about it looking back on it i don't think that you know anyone was really saying that they were more essentially just like yeah it's just you know it's another wario game yeah. but like if you like wario games why is that a big deal yeah you know what i mean so i, I gotta go back and check this one out because this soundtrack alone is is worth playing the game it's really really cool especially tracks like this yeah. So tiramisu is not just a cake. <laughs> uh, it's also uh, a villain as well. And a couple of the enemies are named after uh, Italian pastries. Italian pastries. Like Count Cannoli. Count Cannoli. <laughs> uh, and then ter- terror, Misu, right? Yeah. Who's actually a, a girl in the game? Um, who you meet in a volcano uh, right before you enter a volcano? You meet a girl oh. named. Tiara Misu, <laughs> who's actually a demon named Terror Misu. That is the character. That's, wh- I believe, where this takes place. So so you haven't played this game either, right? No, not okay. at all. But uh, I will tell you, based on that song alone, I'd be interested in playing. <laughs> you can actually download this one on the Wii U as well, which really? is pretty cool. So if you don't have a DS or you don't want to go and try and track down an older game like this, you can download it on the uh, virtual console on the Wii U. So cool i uh i will have to take a look at that yeah pretty neat <laughs> pretty good good stuff but yeah as you were saying kenji hikita uh, worked on f-zero climax in 2004 as well as f-zero gp legend in 2003 uh did music composition for those so that's where you're hearing that that music yeah so. Um, also did a lot of uh, the GG series. Yeah, there's a series called the GG series that that they did as well. Um, not too familiar with that, but I mean this series has easily at least like 10 to 12 entries in the series, which is yeah. pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So mostly I'm thinking is a is, is mostly a freelancer. I don't think works for Nintendo or anything like that. Probably did freelance work for the F-Zero games as well. Did F1 Pole Position 64 in 1997, so I'm sure that's got some awesome racing music as well. Formula Nippon in 1999. And Domokun no Fushigi Terubi in 2002 did music on that. And Ark the Lad Twilight of the Spirits. That's where you're getting that like RPG yes. battle theme <laughs> sound that you're getting. And, uh, so last game was GG Series Assault Buster in 2010 according to our records. So... Interesting. I'm gonna have to check those out. But yeah, Wario Master of Disguise. Essentially, you're you're putting on all these different 
um, costumes, yeah. uh, d different forms, that's what the Japanese version refers to them as. So uh, you're using those instead of hats to take on all the enemies. And so it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. And again, it, it kind of sticks with that more like Metroidvania kind of style or format, it's, except I think this time around, it's, it's more in line with the platforming aspect. It's less about the puzzle, more about, about the platforming. platforming. Yeah. yeah, I would say based on as well the, the fact that that, that uh, you're getting different like costumes and which give you different abilities, mm -hmm. uh, maybe my, my Mega Man X uh, feeling was, was a little bit spot on because that, that seems to be what sort of what you're doing. Yeah. I, I don't know why this game didn't uh, didn't do too well. I it, don't know. It looks, it looks pretty fun. If you could put Wario in any costume of your choosing, which would it be? What was that one that I made for you for that? <laughs> <laughs> um... No, that's that, that, that's a that, that's a that's a broad question. Um, there are so many different options. I mean, you talking about from the game or yeah, like in this game, there's different kinds of costumes yeah. that you can put Wario in. I think the Spark one looks uh, looks really cool. He's yeah. got all this like spiked hair. Mm -hmm. and he is uh, not on fire. He's covered in electricity. Yeah, I would say I, I think it'd be kind of funny if you put him in a Mario costume <laughs> and had him do Mario type things. Because the Wario games really are so much different than the Mario games. I mean, they didn't they didn't start out that way. They started out more like Mario games. Yeah. But it'd be kind of neat if they did like a return to form where like they had him, you know, go you know try to to do that. So. Just think, enemies, saving yeah. princesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool. I think it'd also be cool if they if they threw in like Captain Syrup, uh, mm. back in the back in like a, a new game that they would come out with like for a Wario game. Maybe have her. Um, maybe you could switch between her and and Wario. Oh. That'd be kind of neat. Or like maybe she's like not just like a store clerk or whatever like she is in like you know <laughs> shake some, it, shake it. Yeah. right right so but yeah that's that's master master of disguise unfortunately we haven't neither of us have played it but it, it looks really cool so I want to check that out but speaking of shake it let's go ahead and shake it Wario Land <laughs> shake it in 2008 this is the Wii release and this is the pirate shop and it's by Tomoya Tamita. back that was from wario land shake it in 2008 on the wii that was the pirate shop track by tomoya tomita that's right wario land shake it is a really cool game for the wii a very underrated 
platformer, in my opinion. What do you think of this track? Super funky, right? I was literally just going to say that the track itself is literally funky. Funky fresh. And um, you know, considering that Wario has a funk about him, that makes sense. <laughs> um, also considering that we were talking about um, jazz and swing earlier, uh, funk is kind of like the natural evolution of those things yeah. in, in certain ways. So I thought it was really cool that they, you know, as the, the game is evolving, the music is, is evolving in, in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. And as far as the game itself goes, uh, having having seen it for the first time today, I'm probably going to pick it up. It looks beautiful. Yeah. The music is great. <laughs> yeah. Gameplay-wise, it's a 2D side-scrolling action platformer. No longer do you have like the digitized sprite look that you had in all the other Wario games, but it also isn't utilizing like the Wario World style, like 3D beat-em-up kind of atmosphere either. Instead, what we have is a flat 2D experience in levels that are just gorgeous, along with the art style is hand-drawn sprites, hand-drawn animated sprites. It's really fantastic. It was developed by a company called Goodfeel for Nintendo. Really beautiful stuff. I mean, just seeing it fluidly in motion, watching Wario like shake his rump when (laughs) when, like right before you're about to go into the telescope. So the whole purpose Mm. of the game uh, just to kind of touch on the plot a little bit, is uh, there's these creatures known as Murfles, and they are all being held captive and hostage by this evil bad guy whose name is the Shake King. And so he's imprisoned the uh, queen of all the Murfles, the Queen Morelda? Morelda, right. So the Murfles are basically, you know, all stuck except for one. There's one Murfle that is able to escape and he goes and uh, runs into Wario. And so the reason for that is Captain Syrup returns to this game and she breaks into a museum and steals this globe which holds this thing called the Shake Dimension. And so you access the Shake Dimension by uh, looking into or like jumping into this um, telescope from like the opposite end. So Wario oh, yeah, <laughs> the big end. Right, right, right. So Wario's like shaking his booty while he's uh, about to go into this world. The whole thing takes place across this globe. So you get to see like all different types of atmospheres and levels. You kind of start off on like a pirate ship and then you kind of move on to like uh, deserts and all sorts of different really cool locations. So it's a lot of fun. Really good game. It, it demands like big like big time skills when it comes to playing the game in, in the sense that you know there's so much to do and there's so much to explore they give you these different missions that you can take on for each level and so it really demands a lot of like replayability there's almost like a twitch style uh, aspect to it in terms of the gameplay where like you've got to once you get each merfle uh, that you save them uh, in the stage, they then you're then timed at that point to get back to the beginning of the level. So you, in most cases, you've got to go into this pipe, and the pipe shoots you, shoots you out. And Wario's like running at top speed, crashing through like bricks and walls and all sorts of stuff. And you've got to figure out the best way to get back, the fastest way, in order to get the best time. And that helps you unlock more treasures and all different sorts of stuff. So yeah, it's I mean, cool. if, if, if you hit any walls though, it, it um like you you, you stop with yeah. that speed. Like, oh you, you yeah, can, you can turn you, you can turn back and forth right. while running and keep your speed. But as soon as you hit a wall, it's that's um, it. It's over. Yeah, it's really neat and. I mean, going going back to sort of what you were saying about like uh, when when Wario enters the um, 
enters the telescope. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like subtle little things like that. Like that that that's a that's sort of a bigger piece because the, he he's sort of close to the screen and it's it's sort of a limited uh, limited thing, but. In um, like sort of like a sprite animation thing, when you're getting into that machine that shoots you out. Um, yeah. Similarly, I'd imagine if there's any pipes that you have to that you have, that you have to go down into. Like he sort of jumps up and dives into it head first, and then like right. wiggles his butt. To yeah, get into yeah. It. Um, there's just a lot really of love. Cool. There's a lot of love that that's been presented in this game in terms of the visuals. So it's really cool to see um, he, the cutscenes. Oh yeah, they're, they're like. They're like well animated, anime yeah. type cutscenes. Absolutely, I, I was gonna say it's more on point with like a Saturday morning cartoon, yes. but anime style, very similar to we were talking about this when we were playing the game, the Kirby right back at you show, yes, like the yes. cartoon, very similar to that in terms of the style and design of the characters. As far as the music itself goes, the composer said that he used Wario Land Four as a inspiration. Mm. When, when writing the music for the game. So Tomoyo Tomita, we've we've talked about on the podcast before, on the Yoshi episode. Uh, Tomita worked uh, quite a bit on on that. Also did some stuff for Konami originally, stuff like on Animaniacs did sound design in 1994. Oh, yes. uh, TMNT3, the Manhattan Project uh, for the NES. Lone Ranger in 91, uh, Parodius in 90, Castlevania uh-huh. Dracula X. Uh, sound design with several other Konami heavy hitters in 95 and then did sound direction for the Castlevania 64 games and uh, Legacy of Darkness and Circle Um, of the Moon yep and Circle of the Moon yeah Konami Crazy Racers you know later on followed it up with uh, pretty much joining up with Nintendo did work on Mii Force which we just played on the um, Halloween episode that Ed uh, picked from and then Battleground Z uh, Yoshi's Worldly World in 2015 which we talked about on the Yoshi episode Last game was a port of that game, Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World, uh, on 2017, and that went to the 3DS. So, just a really fantastic composer. Monaco Hamano is also credited for this, probably worked in terms of guidance uh, or sound. Maybe not necessarily composition, but since Wario Land 4 was used as an inspiration, I would imagine that uh, Monaco Hamano was, was part of that direction, so... I really love this game. I really need to sit down and and play through it some more. One little interesting tidbit that I found, because we've been kind of talking about this all throughout the the episode. Uh, So I actually found a quote from the developers uh, from Camelot. Uh, Camelot's the developers that worked on a lot of those like games that we were talking about earlier, like uh, Mario Golf and Mario, you know, a lot of yeah. the, like the Mario s- sports games, you know, the Mario Tennis. This is an interview from Nintendo Power where they asked Hiroyuki uh, Takahashi and Shugo Takahashi, who were two of the developers. And uh, so Nintendo Power said, Mario Tennis also features Daisy, a character who hasn't been so popular. Shugo Takahashi said, we wanted to have a similar partner for Luigi, like how Mario and Princess Peach have one another. We asked Nintendo and Nintendo suggested Daisy. And then as far as uh, Wario and Waluigi go, Hiroyuki Takahashi uh, said, we asked Nintendo about girlfriends for Wario and Waluigi too, but Mr. Miyamoto, meaning Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, said that he didn't even want to see their girlfriends. <laughs> that's pretty oh, That's pretty savage, man. That's, that's harsh. That's terrible. Yeah, that's rough. 
I found that an in interesting Kotaku article, uh, so <laughs> pretty messed up, but yeah, so I gotta say that it's really cool that uh, they kind of like branched out the story to include more characters this time around with Wario Land Shake It, and again, nice to see, you know, kind of a throwback to the previous earlier games with uh, Captain Syrup, it's yes. pretty cool. So you don't really see too many female antagonists. I think the only things that, the ones that I can think of off the top of my head are like the Dark Queen from Battle Battletoads, you know? Oh, that's fair. In terms of like, you know, super evil, you know, like lone antagonists. So it's cool. She's like, kind of like, skirts that line between bad and good, especially in this game, because she's helping you out. She's like giving you all these like different yeah, items yeah. and abilities. She lets you buy maps and stuff like that. That was one of the first things I noticed, actually, because uh, when, when she showed up, uh, I, I thought she, I thought she was going to be the antagonist, and then you mm -hmm. know, the, the video kept playing, and it was actually this other guy, yeah, and then she ends the up helping you. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so that is almost going to do it. We have one more track for you. That that kind of ends the Wario Land series. Uh, unfortunately, no other games have been released to this day in 27, late 2017. But uh, Game & Wario is our final game that we're going to be talking about. It came out on the Wii U in 2013. And this is a track called Jimmy Lovin'. And it's by a ton of composers, which we'll get into right after the break. That was our final track of the day, Game and Wario, that came out on the Wii U in 2013. The track was Jimmy Lovin', and that was by Yasuhisa Baba, Masanobu Matsunaga, Takeru Kanazaki, Hiroki Morishita, Sho Murakami, and Yoshito Sekigawa. Wow, a lot of composers on this one, but phenomenal track. What do you think of that? That was... Smooth. Something else, yeah. I mean, sm smooth was the first word that I said yeah. when I put my headphones down. <laughs> I I don't know what I would classify that as, but that was that was baby making music right there. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I was actually trying to avoid using those words. Nope. But um, that, yeah, no, that's that that that's some uh, some bedroom music. Yep. Really, like smooth is is sort of the the best word that I can think to describe it. <laughs> it is really nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that for my wife when I get home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, girl, yo, listen to this track. Tell me what you think about it. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, the name of the track is Jimmy Lovin'. So, right, I right. Mean, 
it's 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 somewhat implied, which is which is odd for a Nintendo game. Yes, it would even imply. Jimmy Levin is uh, one of the characters of the WarioWare crew, <laughs> along with uh, he's kind of like a smooth dude. He's Just got these the cool, afro, right? Yeah, the yeah. afro, the sunglasses. He's totally like stepping right out of the seventies. Whereas <laughs> Wario, Wario himself, is completely redesigned for these WarioWare games. I know this is the only one that we're playing from for this, but the uh, the WarioWare series is much loved. It's 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 really fanatic, crazy series that has, uh, it, it mostly involves mini-games and uh, all these wacky characters that kind of host these mini-games that you're playing through, and it's no different here, uh, just really taking advantage of the Wii U gamepad and also additional like Wii U like controllers that you can use, so really cool stuff. I haven't played this one personally, but I have played a lot of the WarioWare games, so if it's very similar to that, it, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would, I would imagine it probably is. One, one thing that I would point out about that song in particular, mm -hmm. as as compared to the rest of the WarioWare-type games, I mean, the, the, the games in the WarioWare games are generally very frantic. Right. And the music usually goes with that to, to, to either to try to screw you up or to, to get mm -hmm. you in that mood of like, you got to do the thing, you got to do it now, and everything's crazy. Yep. Um, and that, that definitely does not... Go with it. That that was very relaxing. Yep. Um, I'm I'm curious as to to, to the, the game that that song goes with. It's a very strong jazz track, you know, with with elements of like Motown. Yes. And, yeah. That, yeah that, there like you go. Motown funk, not, not quite funk, more like smooth jazz with Motown elements, kind of peppered in. So it's it's I dig it. I li I like that type of music. It's, yeah. it's it's all really cool to listen to, and you know, definitely gets you in the mood if you know <laughs> what I mean. Gets you in the mood to play some Wario games. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> you, you, you get in bed with your with your loved one, snuggle up real close, put this track on, and then she looks at you into your eyes, and she just goes, "Wah!" <laughs> uh, so the composers on this one, Yoshito Sekigawa, also known as Yoshi, Yoshihito Hirano, he did work with Intelligent Systems, the development company, worked on a lot of the Advance Wars, Fire Emblem franchises, Nintendo Puzzle Collection in 2003 was his first game. Uh, his last game was Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentina. He did the full motion video sound effects on that one. Mostly has done like audio mastering and uh, occasionally music. He did the music for Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Fantastic soundtrack. Game. Great game too, yes. Sho Murakami is a sound composer. Again, works for Intelligent Systems. I believe they are a second party of Nintendo's now. Uh, or they've been for some time. Worked on Pushmo and Crashmo were fun little puzzle games. Uh, Stretch Mo as well in 2015. Paper Mario Color Splash, he was the sound director on, and again, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentina in 2017. Did music composition on that, as well as WarioWare DIY. That was his first game in 2009, where he did record contents. Not sure what that means, but cool. Hiroki Morishita, again, Intelligent Systems. All these guys, I believe, are Intelligent Systems composers. Worked on WarioWare DIY in 2009 as his first game. Uh, his last game, Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valentina. So a lot of these guys worked on uh, similar franchises. I'm not really seeing too much else that they worked on. Same thing for Takeru Kan Kanazaki, Masanobu Matsunaga, uh, who did a lot of work in the Wario series, actually, the WarioWare oh, yeah. series. Smooth Moves. Touched and twisted all those games, including the WarioWare Inc. Mega Party, so in 2003 for that one. Uh, Yasuhisa Baba, 
Uh, same thing worked on you know all intelligent systems games. Th th they've got a team going of uh, of really solid composers that are doing some really fantastic work. So it's, it's clearly, nice yeah, yeah. These, these, I mean, and a bunch of these guys um, worked on the the, the the same WarioWare games like Twisted Touch, yeah. Moves and uh, so another one snapped. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Yeah, there's so many WarioWare games. I just lost <laughs> count. I mean, they're fun. They are. But I, I kind of feel like very similar to Bomberman. It's like if you've played one, you've played them all, yeah. kind of. So they're, in my opinion, they're not all worth owning. But owning one or two is is not, I, is I, not wrong. I, I will say the the ones on the handheld systems mm -hmm. um, are very much like that. Like they, yeah. if you play if you played one on the DS, it's not very different from the others on the DS or even sure. the 3DS. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, when I first got my Wii, or maybe not when I first got it, but. Um, when when Smooth Moves came out for the Wii, uh -huh. um, I, I got that, and that was that was a totally different experience for, sure. for the obvious reason. You went from a handheld to a right to, to, the, to the Wii, but the way that they implemented a lot of the the like the motion controls with the, the Wii mode, do, yeah, yeah um, fed into a lot uh, just some of the other the other ones. Mm -hmm. I believe I, I I definitely haven't played game in Wario, but uh, I, I believe I've seen some of it uh, being played, and there are. A lot of interesting things that they do with the, like the the, the the gamepad and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, definitely. So that is it. That's gonna do it for episode 104 with Wario. Uh, you know, we talked a lot of, about a lot of really cool stuff on this episode. We talked about some of the Wario Land games on some really obscure systems like the Virtual Boy. Uh, we talked about some puzzle games like Wario Woods and Wario Blast. Covered almost every single game in the Wario Land universe as well. And you know, we kind of ended on a uh, on a on a smooth note on <laughs> with uh, with game and Wario. So I don't know. Do you have a do you have a favorite track? From everything that we've played so far, uh, Terramisu Battle. Really? Okay. The, the, okay. I mean, the the pirate shop was really nice. Um, I, I like the funk aspect of it. Jimmy Levin, as you said, was smooth. Um, yeah. And that that brought some uh, vocals into it and right. really upped the the game of, of what they were doing with the music here. But based on like the the games that I've played, the games that I liked. When when the, the first thing that hit me was sort of like the Mega Man X thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it immediately became a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's tough. I'm, I'm torn because a lot of these tracks are really good. <laughs> I, I will say that while I like, I really enjoyed this Master of Disguise track, the Terramisu Battle. It's not my favorite, believe it or not. I, I, I know everyone's kind of <laughs> like, no, no, that's impossible, like Darth Vader style. But it, it's good. But it wasn't memorable to me. Like I didn't walk away from it going like you know humming it that's fair and 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 that's the thing is like it was good in the moment but as soon as it was gone from my memory i was like all right now what whereas the wario's woods track is actually probably going to be my favorite <laughs> i i don't know what it is about that that wario woods track but something about it's just very like fun and very memorable and it really makes you kind of Kind of perk up and smile. That's you know? fair. That's fair. So, so that 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 I think is going to be my pick is that Wario's Woods track. I, I will give you that, and I, I will also say that if you ask me to hum the Terramisu Battle um, music, I could not do that for you right now. Right. But I will say that out of all the all, all the tracks that we that we play um, that, that we've played here, that track made me want, makes me want to go and get that game. Yeah, um, I agree. And while while I also want to get Shake It, I the the song that we played isn't what made me want to get it. Like actually seeing it, right, is, absolutely makes me want to get it. So yeah, coming out of this, there there are two games that I'm gonna be buying apparently. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'd say Wario Land Four 
for the Game Boy Advance is probably going to be pretty high on my list. Mm. That one I, I want to pick up next, definitely. That does look cool. Uh, and, and also Master of Disguise. I'd like to, to pick that one up as well. Um, and uh, and Wario's Woods. I had a lot of fun <laughs> with it. It was really cool. It was, it was a fun experience. So I'll definitely be picking that up. Uh, so we want to thank Justin again for coming on the show and uh, taking up the guest uh, co-host spot while Ed is gone. Uh, so again, thank you so much, Justin, for that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, Justin's on the Facebook group as well, so feel free to ask him any questions. Or you know, we want to hear from you guys. Like, what was your favorite track of this episode? Have you played any of these Wario games? Are any of them your favorite? Uh, do you have any particular uh, in mind? Are you kind of bummed we didn't play a specific track from one of these games? Let us know in the comments on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pixel tunes radio. Best way to reach us and to kind of engage with conversation with fellow gamers and to talk about video games and video game music. You can also check out all episodes on pixeltunesradio.com as well as youtube.com forward slash dongled, which is my channel. And that's where you can check out Dude You Haven't Played This Game, Gaming Linguistics, as well as Noob Repair and a bunch of other shows that I do on that channel too. So, and of course, every version of Pixel Tunes Radio for the video portion of that episode is up as well on on that on that YouTube channel as well. So definitely check that out. You can get us at Twitter at Pixeltunes Radio. Justin, you have a Twitter as well. What's that? Uh, I believe I'm at Shock83J16. Okay. Cool. And then I am at DYHPTG, which is the call letters of the show Dude You Haven't Played This Game, which I do on YouTube. Uh, you could also check out Ed on his Twitter account, which is at Runer9. You'll find us one way or the other. At Pixeltoons Radio is the best way to find us. Coming up next episode on episode 105, we're going to have Justin come back, and also we're going to be joined by Nico, a.k.a. The Wee Guy, and he's going to return to us with some Super NES and Super Famicom deep cuts. So some really kind of, you know, semi-obscure stuff tracks that you wouldn't normally hear we're going to be avoiding like the marios the zeldas that sort of stuff but we're going to try to focus on giving you guys some really top-notch music so stay tuned for that that'll be out in two weeks and again thanks so much for listening to pixel tunes radio